1: we are back for another week of the fifth and last NRL podcast. And finally, at the fans' demand, at everyone's demand, Buzz Rothfield joins us. What's going on, mate? Yeah, g'day, guys. Uh, nice
2: to be here. Um, you know, we've, we've had a colourful history, I, I believe. Um, I block a lot of people on Twitter. I, I, think, <laughs> I think you guys... Uh, we're on the blocking list, but you unblock
3: and you block, and you know, it's, it's good to be talking to you though. It's a little bit like my uh, like my relationship at home, mate, on and off. Yeah, my marriage
2: is good to be like that
3: too. <laughs> oh, yeah, it, well, no, but
1: it's seriously good to be talking
3: to you guys. I understand you've got a really nice following there, so uh, we do, mate. Nice yeah, but, you too. Thank Appreciate you coming on, mate.
1: Very much appreciated, mate. Very busy, as always, I bet, with the Daily Telegraph and NRL 360. But before we jump into some of the football stuff, speaking of Twitter, there's not many journos on there. You're always on there. You're battling. You're talking to the punters. Do you have any best beefs? Is there anyone in particular, that, whether it that be a player or somebody else in the media or someone like that, that you've just had a massive beef with on Twitter? I look like a bit of fun
2: with Molly. You yeah. know, we're, we're throwing all the time, um, you know, he's got a huge following, you know, he's got a bit of a cult following, but look, I just enjoy all the interaction and look, there are some rude people who want to swear or be nasty and you just get rid of them, but I really, really enjoy the interaction with the partners, you know, and, and it's a good tool for a columnist, you get a really good idea from, you know, following people and the discussions there that, you know, what it is. them, you know, what column ideas, you know, you should be writing
3: about on the, you know, Sundays and Mondays and I get a few news
2: clips from the too, a few pieces stories I've broken that come from Twitter, you know. Yeah, it's
3: so, fair. So, I really enjoy it. Yeah, well, it puts you right at the coalface, doesn't it? You know, you're at the coalface of what everyone else is thinking, I suppose, but, uh, yeah, I, th- but I think that, probably Todd Greenberg's spending too much time on, on social media, I think, with some of his, his decisions and Peter Beattie as well, but... Yeah, I'll tell he
2: can't help himself, can he? You know, he's, <laughs> I did a place. I think he took 162 banners for himself at the Coldwell Games and tweeted a lot of them, you know.
4: Yeah.
2: And it was a time that, I remember there were a few dramas in the game, but look, we knew he was going to be working on the Gold Coast. But look, Top's there, you know, obviously it's all going to be positivity, with but Todd, He's not going to really discuss the, the big problems in the game and... Mm. Yeah, that's his right. Um, um, yeah, but I, I find him really sort of politician-like, you know, and mm. we don't get a lot of what we
1: really want to hear from him. Yeah, he's pretty good at the old flat bat uh, as compared to what he did at his role in the Bulldogs where, you know, at that time I was highly impressed and thought he was going to be great for the game. But moving off some of those sorts of uh, bits and I, pieces... You know, he's a, he's a really interesting dirt? though,
2: Claude. He's... Um, you know, you look, the TV is lines down, boxes are. up, crowds are up though, you know, so the game's not in too much trouble, mm-hmm. uh, and I know we give giving a hard time, but he escapes the microscope a bit too, like, you look at all those bulldog salary cap problems were created by Dez Hasler, okay, and it was Todd who put Dez in charge, and you're so
3: desperate to sign him, he says, it's your salary cap, it's your football you know what I mean? yeah, 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 that's fair. 100%. Yeah. You're right. He, he has avoided criticism in that regard, for sure. It's probably been dumped yeah. on Raylan Castle, hasn't it? A lot of it. Yeah, but Des was running the
2: show. Everyone knows that. Yeah. And he was a premier coach, and to get him across to Belmont, Todd gave in full power.
1: Yeah. Definitely. Well,
2: Todd did. and everyone else basically reported to Des, you know. But
1: anyway. Yeah. Well, interesting. But speaking of Des, I think the first point here, and in- I'm sure you're seeing it on Twitter. We're getting it from a lot of our listeners and a lot of feedback that people are sick of the coaching carousel, but it, it has to be spoken about. Where are we in regards to some of these main candidates? We're obviously, uh, much like yourself, hearing different bits and pieces. Seabold uh, obviously reached breaking point this week, and he was quite frustrated. Wayne Bennett, uh, it's been said that he's going to be staying on obviously next year, but there's still people thinking that he may not be there for 2019. Cameron Seraudo at the Panthers, and, you know, Michael Maguire has been throwing up for three or four different jobs. Where, where are we with some of these clubs' buzz and some of these coaches? I, look,
2: I don't know. It's interesting how field blown the media, like the media didn't accept um, Trent Barrett's resignation a <laughs> couple of months ago. But, you know, the media didn't cause the Bennett White out, The media didn't sack Anthony Griffin, um, even though there was much speculation all year that you know he was off with Gus. Look, Penrith position. All I can say is that their number one choice was Ivan Cleary. and I'm told that day they, they sat with their number two choice was Michael Maguire. But I'm you can't predict any of this with any confidence. Um, I think Penrith are now doing the right thing and waiting till the end of the season. I sort of thought they should have done that with Griffin. And uh, you know, then got into the ring with us, sorted it out and you know, he put it on then. Brisbane who knows what's going to happen. Bennett's under contract for next year. If they don't extend him, I think he'll look for opportunities elsewhere. So I don't think he'll be at Brisbane. Manly is a very, very hard one to read because I cannot believe Trent Merrick will throw away a first-grade job, but the mail's right. He has resigned. There are a number of stipulations in his contract renewal last year that haven't been met,
3: and um, yeah, so he, he might be off. So... That's an interesting one, isn't it? As, as a coach, I sort of, I get where he's coming from because, but I also get where you're coming from as well. It's, you know, if you don't have another job to jump into, it's a, it's a strange decision, but he obviously feels as though things are going to get worse. They're not going to improve it, manly. No, uh, you know, his win percentage
2: haven't been great, you know, compared to, well, uh, certainly beforehand, I think it was about 58%. I think that's is around the 40s. You yeah, know, that D'Avoy and his brothers, Terry Evans, Marty Papow, you know, uh, Paris now, you know, the Hawks have done you know, he's done a fair rush, and I think he probably could have done a bit better with Manly. Yeah, That's fair. Uh, and, um, yeah, it'll be an interesting one. I think Manley have stayed, their management is, but they're just about over it. And I would not be surprised if he does leave at the end of the season, and, um, the male I was getting there was Neil Henry, but I can't say that with any confidence because male in League is all over the shop, as you guys know.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, and I think the other one that get there again was Michael Maguire, which to me made no sense because for a bloke who is now in charge of the New Zealand job, who won a premiership at South and was probably used to having facilities and great backroom staff and club backing, mainly if they can't give that to Trent Barrett and that's the real reason why he's leaving, I can't see why Michael Maguire would want to jump into a job where exactly. potentially he ends up in the same situation where he doesn't have all the support staff and the bits and pieces yeah. that he's used to having. Yeah, in fact, I still think he's desperate to get involved again. Anyone would want to scope the referees department where he's working at the moment, wouldn't they? So, <laughs> yeah. Um, so,
2: look, I, I think it have manly handled at with a decent offer, depending on what it Look, looks like. I do I don't believe the stuff about the Broncos that was talked about last week. I think it up there. I think it'll be
1: Kevin Walters, of but that's what we see. Yeah. Well, the one I was looking at with the contract situation next year and all these coaches coming off, and I don't know if it would work either at the Panthers or the Broncos, is the head coach of your team, Shane Flanagan. And hear me out here. I don't think Shane Flanagan gets anywhere near enough credit for the job he's done at Cronulla as far as player development and the pathways they've built up there and just a lot of stuff that's happened over the past five to six years. And I don't know what his past is with uh, somebody like Gus in particular after the comments that they won a soft premiership in 2016. But of all the coaches coming off next year, given what's unfolded at the Sharks and what they've built over there, which is pretty nice at this point in time, that's somebody that I'd be very interested in. I remember Gus, just- Used to be a huge rap on Shane Flanagan when
3: he was coaching. Or, well, I don't know if Cup or whatever the kids' team was in those days. Yeah, he was because and he, and, he worked under him at the Roosters. Yeah,
2: he did. And, mm. and under Ricky, and he used to wrap him in his column in the Sun Herald, and he used to always say, you know, we do post sessions and. Um, Clody had also coached a lot of the kids' teams before he came in. You know, he had Jonathan Thurston and those guys on the Australian school boys side there for a while.
3: Yeah. He's
2: a super, super job at the show, different sort of coach. But he, he likes to sign established players like Dugan and Loylan this year. But that can also, you know, have a detrimental effect. because you know, Jesse Raymond's going now should he have spent that money on Russell Raymond instead of Dugan? I don't think he shouldn't. Yeah. But yet, what? Like, he he signed Michael Emmis, he was old. He signed Luke Lewis when he was old, and Chris Hines. And he won the 2016 premiership around those old, if you know.
3: Yeah.
2: So it's a really hard thing to balance. You know, the, the club lost a um, boy at uh, the Parramatta Royals now, James and Salmon. Uh, the club lost and Beachy. Panthers, it's often Titans next year, so, you know, recruitment's a really funny game and a difficult game, but he's made the final six and seven years, you know, with the shirts, yeah. and he's a great coach. I spoke to him about it a couple of weeks ago, and he's one of those guys who wants to do what Bennett did at the Broncos and stay around 10, 15 years, but, you know, whether that happens, whether he gets bigger money or...
3: For, Elsewhere remains to be seen. Mm, it's a per- yeah, That's in a perfect world, definitely. But mo- we're not going to move off Flanagan. Interesting incident on the weekend when Andrew Fafida, I guess you gestured to the coach's box. They smothered it on Saturday yeah. night and sort of said it was directed at Jim Dimmick. But there was a meeting yesterday. What's your mail on that? Oh, the
2: mail was definitely aimed at Yeah. You know, Jimmy hasn't been the interchange. change. You know, I've been in the coaching box a couple of years ago with finding and anything. He's a bit of control freak. He likes to do everything. And um, there's no question at all. Remember they got beaten by the Broncos a few weeks ago yeah. at its own court? And a journalist in the room gave Peter a bit of a rap and said, geez, Peter was strong, more than the 170 metres. So he said, no, I didn't think he played all that well. And I mm-hmm. think there's been a bit of fraction since then a bit of friction sorry since then. And look, Andrew played poorly the first twenty minutes the other night at Chart Park. He got hooked early. He stayed on the bench song and he did. He got angry. And so it was the actual reaction the coach wanted. And the stallion said that I had that screen at half-time every week. Yeah. We're gonna get that sort of footy out of him because they can't win the comp unless it plays like he in this 2016 grand final, when he
1: was robbed of the Clive Churchill medal, or like you get in the second half uh, last week against the Cowboys. Yeah, I, I, I'm all for the response as well, but I also think how many times can you go to the well? I know they said if you know they can poke and prod him every single week, but I, I think there has to be a little bit more under the surface there, and you can't keep reaching back for you know trying to provoke somebody. So. Interesting, but I definitely agree with you that they need him firing if they're going to be any chance of having a threat in this call.
2: Yeah. Look, he's a different dude. You know, as I said on one of the talk shows like, uh, earlier this week, you know, and not the sharpest tool in the shed, as they say. Yeah. And You know, every player's got different mannerisms. Every player reacts differently to the, the moment, you know, stress, pressure. You know, I didn't mind it, to be honest. Mm. I, I, it's, it's so chance,
3: isn't it? You know, and you know what? He's, he's been told to take the line from here. I'm not aware any more this year. I hope not anyway. No, you no. Will. It's got the potential to derail if it, if there is uh, more drama. But as a coach, you've, you've got to be able to push different buttons. Different players have got different buttons. So Flanagan, I'm sure, has got a handle on it. Uh, you know, and if the meeting's any indication, yesterday, hopefully, they've smoothed it over, and as you said, they can they can move forward and try and have a crack at the premiership. Because we've we've said it all year. They even last year, you were just waiting for them to come good last year, and this year they've sort of they've plotted along. They've lost some games they probably should have won, and then they've upset sides when you haven't expected yeah. them to win. So uh, they've yeah, got the potential. I still reckon they were against the Cowboys in week one of the finals.
2: Remember that, Ali?
3: Yeah, they were. Yeah. That was Golden Point, wasn't it? Or, or can late. Say that, I can't say that because as
2: soon as you put the all after me, you know, and no. I've been, uh, with the I team, they were dead set, done it. And
3: that, so home, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah.
2: That. <laughs> hey, I, 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 I was about to say which, it which right? bastard, which to do anyone.
1: Anyway. No. I'm sure you'll you'll stoke up all the Cowboys fans who will be happy to remind you of the seven tackles set a couple of years prior in that semi-final though. So I, I think they'd call <laughs> even. A, my, well, I can't remember
2: that one, I'm sorry.
1: <laughs> <laughs> the old sporting karma yeah. seems to balance out sometimes, unfortunately, but Speaking yeah. of the Sharks, speaking of the finals, the top eight basically looks set now. It's near impossible mathematically for the Tigers to get in. So out of these top eight sides, we, this has been a weird year as far as upsets and back and forth and everyone's kind of beaten each <laughs> other. Who do you genuinely see as a threat for this premiership? And inside this top eight, who's just who's got fake form? Who's somebody you don't think can win the comp? Um, I don't think the
2: Warriors can. They're too inconsistent. The fact they carried away into the stadium over the finals the other day, and, you know, they were very disappointing against the Bulldogs. They're probably the only side, the Warriors, on the Redfield 10th through. But, look, I'm not confident about Pen. I think they'll finish in the bottom half of the finals. Um, unless Malani can come back and do something there. And, look, I'm not confident about the Broncos. Mm. Um they're going to be in the bottom half too. So, but look, the Cowboys was shown last year, he did come from the bottom half, didn't they? make the grand final.
1: But they'd be the three. I think any other five can win, and I played St. George in that as well. That's the one for me I think I struggle with, just with Gareth Widop and that shoulder. Is, is he going to make it back in time? Uh, how badly injured is it? Like, if, if he gets back on the field week one and that shoulder's loose and he's, he's a threat, those back rowers are just going to come at him all day. So I'm a bit worried about them. The Broncos, I think for me and Brock all year, we haven't really considered much of a threat because they just don't have a genuine seven and just string together three to four weeks worth of good football and control and close out games. I just can't see them doing that. And Well, the Warriors, they're up and down like a fiddler's elbow, so it's pretty hard to trust them come finals.
3: I'll say this. If it's not South and it's not the Roosters, I'll fall over. I I can't see someone outside those two winning the comp. Yeah, well, okay. i have say
2: what I'd love to see... Um, well, it's George in one side of the grand final qualifiers and South East,
3: on the other side—that'd side. be huge. Would be yeah,
2: huge. Would that be for rugby
3: league? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. A, I, I, even even the for stuff. the one of them to land in the in the grand final, imagine if it was a Dragon Sharks grand final or an East South grand final. It'd be it'd be huge.
2: Yeah, you'd want to get the ticket, please. Oh, ah, a thousand the percent. <laughs> ratings would go. Girl, and it'd be a wonderful, wonderful team to
3: had a rivalry grand final, you know. Yeah. Oh. this has had some great grand
2: finals we, in the last four, or five years. Absolutely, yeah, yeah, we have. We're, super, super spoiled, you know? we're, we're um
3: together. we're members at the stadium, and look, we had our we've had membership tickets. Well, we've gone to the grand final since I've gone to the grand final every year since 2000. I'll tell you what, it was a lean trot there for a while, but. Sort of since two thousand and thirteen, yeah. the Roosters manly like we've had a, a real string of good grand finals over the last five to six years. Yeah,
2: I'm still so under we thought it was going to be a bit of a piss of the Cowboys Broncos with um, what a can get was a member persons, you
3: know, unbelievable. The it. right,
2: side going hundred blocks at gone.
3: Yep. What a guy. Yeah, That's and we we didn't think a lot of it at the time. You know, we were there, we were sitting right on halfway. You couldn't have a better seat, and you sort of you just take it for granted being a member there and you know, been to so many grand finals, but you look back now. He's about to retire. Uh, Everyone sort of yeah. having to finish high up on the ladder this year. It's something that yeah. we probably did take for granted at the time, and now you look back and go, "Thank Christ, I was there to witness that because um, yeah. it was it was well, magical." So your, you, know, your you
2: might
3: some like media accreditation. Maybe
2: yeah. Then, huh? yeah, we'd love to
3: Ah, haven't tried. Wouldn't have a clue. No, wouldn't wouldn't know how to do it.
2: Yeah, well.
3: The ring? Yeah, we will do. You obviously
2: sort
1: of part of, part of the podcast of media, isn't it? Yep. Yeah, do a bit That's of uh, commentating as well for the New South Wales Cup and a few other bits and pieces. So. Okay. Yeah, do a little bit of that as well. Try to stay it's involved. Been that, Newtown. That, or? Uh, Newtown have been pretty good this year. Uh, going back to what you said before about those Sharks Juniors players, they always had a very good. 20s team yeah. last year but looking at Penrith in the lower grades again this year the amount of depth they've got is pretty crazy so I think if they yeah. get a couple of players back in first grade and they're full strength heading to the finals they're going to be pretty hard to beat again.
3: And the Bulldogs are stuck in their side as well I saw Yeah, they're dropping some players back.
2: Yeah he won was,
1: it with
3: uh, Reese Martin the end of that.
2: day. what amazes me what amazes me is all this incredible this incredible production line Penrith the cobb and the junior league isn't that much bigger than
3: Parramatta's, and where are the Parramatta ones? Yeah. You know. Yeah. As I um, <laughs> we, we had a conversation with a few people back end of the junior rep season. Uh, we played Parramatta. I was having a chat to a few guys there. I won't, I won't throw them under the bus, but they were saying the same thing. The guys involved with the mats and the ball were saying, you know, I think the last, uh, the last Parramatta junior to debut at that point in time was Te Moroa, and that was, you know, two or three years before. Yeah. They've they've had a, th- a few come through this year, but, yeah, it, when you compare them, you know, they're only they're only 30 kilometres up the road, and, the, and as you said, the Junior League is it's only slightly smaller than the Penrith Junior League. Um, it says a lot yeah. for the foundations that Gus has built at, at Penrith, that's for sure. Yeah, they're, do,
2: they're doing that strategic plan. A lot of Junior Rugby League is going to get um, attention in that, and uh, I think they'll be announcing the findings in the next um, couple of weeks. Yeah you'll find they'll be shooting
3: up with all that league Club money, money in academy and, you know, they're going to get serious about it.
1: They'll, they'll just, they want to copy the, the blueprint which would be great for Parramatta, you know? Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. It's something that needs to happen because, again, Harold Matt's S.G. Ball, uh, they've been dominant, as have Penrith. The big difference is Penrith keep producing in the 20s, in the New South Wales Cup and them getting through, but mm. you get to the 20s at Parramatta and New South Wales Cup and every year you're looking and going, what happened to these kids from two, three years ago that I saw winner hats uh a or an S G grand final and or at least playing one, they're, they're they're gone. Like it's they're falling off the face of the planet, so
3: Well Buzz, I don't, I don't know whether you know a bloke by the name of Matt Cameron, but he was at the he was at the Eels and Gus Gus G- G- Gus poached him across to Penrith and he's his fingerprints are all over what's happened at Penrith. Yeah, no, I understand. I have heard
2: his name, I, tell you what, I went to lunch with Claude Greenberg about three months ago. Yeah. And I sent to what the guy needs, and would be good uh, TV content on Wednesday nights, is a college football-type competition, which they do in the U.S. It's extremely popular. Yeah. And I would love to see that happen with NRL clubs. Yeah. Um, it would be like holding a cup, where you could do it with colleges as the sports high schools and, you know, their schooling camp and the best school in Camden, the Gold Coast, etc televised it on Fox, showing at a Red oval or something, um, you know, every Wednesday night. But the guy I
3: suggested who should be the conveyor of the whole tournament should be running was Matt Cameron. Yeah. Yeah. putting and set up a college football competition that could grow and grow and grow and, you know, be an invisible part of rugby league now. Yeah, and oh, God, West God. Westfield Sports High have got better facilities than probably 75% of the NRL clubs. Yeah. So it's good yeah, well, like work. Just love it. the old days
2: coming up, Bank Cup, you know,
3: watching the Benio Elias has come through and Ashcroft High and Berenal High and Canberra and, you know, and
2: the, the school up on the Gold Coast, which is Peeper Park. Yeah, yeah Kieber Park. Palm,
3: Palm Beach, Currumbin. there's a few up there, yeah. Yeah, but
2: there's a lot more thought than we've got time to discuss here but someone
1: like Matt Cameron could pull a competition together you know what soft sports would love it yeah
2: yeah I think that's well, more content isn't
3: people, it more content for the money that they're chipping in
2: yeah and, and you could do the bootleg over like Redfern which is nice and low about 4,000 people yeah it's a nice and there and you know, you wouldn't
3: want it in a big stadium, obviously. No, well, even even yeah. out here at St Mary's, like that that holds, I think, three yeah, or four. Yeah, yeah, for yeah, sure. You, you
2: could leave
3: the ground, but and I, I think Blacktown workers have just built one as well. You
2: Black- have a combined country team, you know. And, but the doing needs new products. We don't need a private commuter like they do in Denver or like they do in the Auckland yeah. North. 60 people were, you know, to mm-hmm. coming up with these ideas and hiring people like
1: Matt Cameron to run it because I'm told he's a cross junior footy better than anyone else. in yeah. the game. Yeah, he's done an outstanding job out here and uh, when they let him go a couple of years ago back to the West Tigers and now he's found his way back out here, I'm sure they'll do everything in their power to make sure he doesn't didn't leave they, again.
2: did Parramatta originally, you said, didn't they?
3: Parramatta, yeah. He was at Parramatta. He coached yeah. me in Jersey Flegg in 04-05 oh. um, and he was... Even back then, like as a player, you sort of okay, he knows his stuff, this bloke. But as a coach, like he's the best guy I've come across in ten years. So, um, yeah. yeah. What was that? Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah I, I, like I've got a fair rap on him. You know, it's uh, I haven't come across every every person in the game, but um, no, he's he's certainly one that stands out. And he, he went to he's, he's good mates with Jason Taylor. He went back to the West Tigers oh, for a wow. year there, and the year uh, JT got the sack, he, I think Gus tried to try to get him back to Penrith. Unfortunately for Penrith they managed to get him back there. Yeah. You see
2: KT's come back to the Bears next year? Is he? Well what's happened there? They've sold Adam O'Brien from Melbourne as Kate Robinson's assistant. Yep. And
4: um North and South, you know, is falling over, you know the yeah, yeah, deal. Yeah, yeah. They had a blue all in the air over Todd Carney. So uh, the Roosters look like taking up Norse
3: as they're feeding up. Mm. And uh, Jason Taylor's desperately touched some of their marks and to do that. So, okay. so it's interesting about the Bears. It's a good fit. Yeah,
2: it is. Yeah, yeah.
1: Yeah, can't argue with
3: that.
2: Jason, you know, people tell me Jason's a coach, but he sort of hasn't got the business,
3: does he, you know? No. No, it's fair. Interesting.
1: Yeah, well, certainly a good set-up there at the Roosters and another good opportunity under Robinson and another good assistant coming from the Storm. But, Buzz, just a few quick ones to finish us off, and we really appreciate your time. But Spoon, the Spoon battle this weekend, I know some people aren't interested, but we certainly are, and in particular Jonathan Thurston, uh, his final game up there in North Queensland. But I think the bigger point to take out of this, so many people's pre-season favourites in the Cowboys, and Parramatta were also touted to be top four. Who would have thought we'd be watching these two play, basically, to see who's going to get the wooden spoon?
2: Yeah, it's
1: ridiculous.
3: You know I had the Cowboys on top. So do we. So did we. Yeah.
2: Well you know what? They made the grand final, then you had Thurston the McLean to that side. They had to make the top four. <laughs> and I still have no idea what's gone wrong. Their back line that did so well last year It looks so sluggish this
1: year, doesn't it? Oh, it looks yeah. very old and there's a couple of guys, on the net, etc. that I definitely don't think you're going to be there. Well, Winnerstein's already moved on, but you'd think it'd almost be a clean sweep in that back line next year. Yeah, but, you
2: know, to end those guys, but you know, I am not that JT Look, JT's not playing like he was
3: three years ago, but he's not playing like a bastard either. No, I don't, I agree. Yeah, yeah I
2: agree. Um, maybe he should have given Morgan a few more of the calls earlier
3: in the year before Morgan got wounded, you know? Well, I. you know... I. Like, I, I get that, but I also think it's very, very hard to change the style of player you are at the click of a finger. Like, it was yeah. it was very easy for Morgan to run the side while JT isn't there. And then just that, the fact that they're both dominant players, is just a hard thing to balance. Um, and, I, look, I think it comes back to their forward pack, to be fair. I'm not sure Tal Malolo's been as good as what he has been. And their middle yeah. forwards, as you said, they lost, they lost McLean. And Matt Scott, he's carried his injuries. He, he looks as though... You know, those a few hard years have I really taken the, its toll. Uh, I think the Hookers have better
2: days too. You know, it looks like he's slowed up a bit, doesn't You know, Jake Yeah. Um, they've got a huge rebuild. You know, Grant has been a huge, huge problem for them. Like, they've lost Munster. They've lost like, Fursi to Melbourne.
3: Yeah.
2: And they've also lost, of course, Cullen Ponga. Yeah, and I know they've had some big names to keep up there. But what we're we'll talking about the equipment at
3: Cronulla is the toughest
2: gig in the game. Yeah, that's you a know, that's, that's a
3: generational like... mistake to let Ponga go.
1: Yeah, and for what oh, you, you yeah. signed Lachlan Coot for two years, so yeah. you didn't really push all in with Lachlan Coot. But at the same time, you've told Callum Ponga that he's not going to be getting that job in the next twelve months. So you look at that situation now, and Coot's on his way out of the club. Like if you are Paul Green, you're just sitting in your office screaming in your hand, surely. <laughs>
2: A really, really interesting one because he's not. There's a good story, I mean, he's not handled by one of the big managers, you know. But, um, you know, his manager works at Tyre, Power and Townsville. There you go. Well, there you go. If you can imagine that the big managers do the wheel, wheeling, and dealing with the Gusses and the Nick Politises, And this guy just got a good off from Newcastle, they took his family there and he fell in love with the place. and. Um, yeah, and, and I love the way he speaks and presents himself. He's not overconfident, but he's confident. and He is going to be the big thing in rugby league for a long time.
3: Mm. Yeah, agree. agree with all that. But back you.
2: To that, do you want a tip for the screen battle? Because I reckon Golden Point next
1: will try. You reckon? you reckon Cowboys get it done well, for Thurston at home? Yeah, Golden
2: Point, Thurston field goal. Can you mentioned the season's? Oh. Can you imagine the,
3: oh. the imagine the scenes here at my place? My wife's a Parramatta fan, so oh. I'll be hiding yeah, underneath mate. the lounge, mate. Yeah, no, it, it, it's massive interest in the game, isn't it? You know, and I really admire the way they've both played those two teams last few
2: weeks. Mm, it's fair. But it doesn't matter. have nearly played like the top
3: 18
2: last half dozen weeks.
3: Yeah, like, I'm not. Yeah, I'm not. I'm not sure that makes their fans feel better or worse. You know, like part of <laughs> you goes, "I'm glad that they're playing well," but the other side of you thinks, "Well, where the hell has this been?"
2: Yeah. Have has it been to
3: see them play lately? Yeah, yeah. Look, he's a polarizing sort of guy, but you you yeah. you pay to watch him play. You want to see him play well. I don't give a shit what sort of bloke he is. Uh, yeah. You know, I, I, it's much better to watch him when he's playing well. well but
2: he didn't have an off-season, did he? He yeah. came and had about three weeks and he was as
3: chubby as me, you know? Yeah. And well, we we heard that he's that Brad Arthur's son in the Harold Matthews had beaten him in a time trial. He did, he did.
2: Yeah. But, you know, you're starting in an off-season in October
3: through to Christmas, then, all, you know, Jan 3rd. I reckon, you know, I reckon that he could do something really, really special next year. Yeah, I hope so. I yeah. hope
2: so. I'm not saying that going to be the elite Pop fire again, but who knows? Well let's just hope they don't
1: push all in and get too heavy salary cat wise. I think that's my only concern for them and just keeping it short term again year by year, I think now for Jared. Yeah, right. Well there you go. Spoon, so we think we we all think the Cowboys, the Dali this is one of the other points you had. You had your team of the year the other day, but Dali do you think Callum Ponga, Cook or Two of Arsashek? Uh the
2: TV
1: Agree that they're the three favourites. Yeah, I, I, again,
3: I'd be I'd be shocked if it came outside of those three. Yeah. Um, how long do, do they miss a month? Three weeks a month. Yeah, and and do do you take anything into the fact that they're not in the eight? Like, well, how often really. does it happen? I, I think that can actually fit in one that Mitchell Pierce was out for so long, not competing for
2: points with him. Yeah. To the fact they don't have superstars. Yeah. You know, they're just all solid. So he doesn't have as many teammates. And nearly every win they've had, has been best on the park,
1: hasn't he? Mm-hmm. I think but that argument... And,
2: not, and, and I reckon you can say two of us, 6 they've had a bit like that at the Warriors. Mm. Um, I think... I wouldn't mind seeing Damien Cook win the whole thing, but he's had better players to compete with, like, the Burgess boys.
3: Yeah if i had to no. put my hard earned on I'd, I'd say sheck but i yeah yeah
2: i, I think
1: know. i think i'm with you in the sense that he's probably collected more 3 point votes but you look at it and like you said usually with losses and for the warriors and newcastle those two generally get the 3 points if they get the win but south and cook he's been so dominant i'm sure he picked up uh some points there but he's obviously had that competition as we've said with cody walker the burgesses uh, cetera, no, the, the logic
3: you've put behind it makes sense because I, I can remember Danny Badiris, I, I'm not sure whether he won the Dallium. I don't think they won the Wooden Spoon that year, but I, they didn't make the eight and he won the Dally M. medal. Yeah. That's going back. Right. I think it was 05, I think it was, or 04, 05. He won it when they didn't make the eight. So, bit went in when, he,
2: when he's
3: been playing with Dallium all that time. Yeah, well, that's that's yeah. fair. It would, it would have had to have been one of the years where Joey was injured, I think. Yeah, yeah,
1: sure. The last thing to finish this off, Buzz, there's been a lot of speculation about player movement and rumours and there's a couple of big names, again, going to throw two at you that are associated with your beloved Sharks. Valentine Holmes, I heard today that he has knocked back a long-term deal from Cronulla and his heart is set on moving back to Townsville. Have you heard something similar? Um, I haven't heard that he's knocked back,
2: no. I don't think his heart is set on going back to Townsville. But I think his long, long term partner is absolutely desperate to go back to Downsville. And she's the sister of Michael Morgan's wife. Right? She has a very strong, solid family bond there. Um, so, you know, if you're right, he's not the first. Um, Penola will have their host for next year. I'm sure he'll see out his contract mm. and then go home. If that sort the of guy, would be disappointing for Sharks fans. You know, it'd be the first Penola player ever.
1: To pop the trust on the NRL if he stays in front. And it'd uh, be a huge, blow, uh, a huge blow to the club if he does go. Yeah, and I think. Uh, on the... Was there something else you mentioned? Yeah, well, the other one on the back of that is obviously they've said that they wouldn't take Ben Barber back, but if he was desperate to move, do you think that would be a possibility or, or is that definitely off the off the table? You know, I'm
2: sure if Holmes goes, definitely. Um, Jack, Jack Burt and and, and, and Flanagan went on the phone regularly for probably the last eight weeks. At this stage there is absolutely no room in the cap to give Jack what he's worth or, or what the Broncos well he's on eight hundred pay the Broncos okay. So the Broncos would have to throw in four and throw on the other four.
3: Could they mi- the could they mutually agree in. to end that contract? Sorry? Could they mutually agree to end that contract, Brisbane and Bird, and then he come back at a discounted rate? Or? Well, um, he'd only
2: leave the Broncos if they contribute to his next deal. Yeah. And it, it, you know what? This, this is where it's crazy. If Bird leaves, if Terry Evans is upset at Manly, okay, the Broncos have to offload like, Bird then to get tight. You know what I mean? To get yeah. the half back and fill my premises. So much could potentially change in the next six
1: weeks. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you've got that, and Corey Oates still. And the other,
2: the, the other interesting one, and I know this is fact, Munster up at the end of next year, like Holmes. I know the Roosters have reached out to him. Well. Wow. And and the other thing I know is super super close to Anthony Seabold, who was in charge of development of Storm when Munster
3: came to the club. Well. Wow. So um, Baxter goes to the Broncos. Um, Seabolt goes to the Broncos.
2: Which I
1: don't think will but you know what I mean. There's so yeah. many. Kids. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I'm still looking at. I was about to say to you about Munster, and there's still talk about Cooper Cronk. Will he play on next year? Will he retire at season's end? Sean O'Sullivan linked to the potentially to the Broncos because his yeah, he's sister's married Broncos, to mate. Matt Lodge. Son, Sean O'Sullivan is done at
2: the Broncos. Okay. You and, go. you know, Brock Lamb's come down to play at the
1: Roosters. Well wow. That one's confusing for me. I know, like, I know they've always got well, good depth you know, and they can buy players, but he seems like somebody 12 months ago that was looking like a, a dead-set first grader and was a gun all through the juniors, but going to the Roosters, it seems more that he's going to be playing New South Wales well, Cup. What's
3: the depth signing? Yeah, there's
2: a really interesting story there, though. I think his bring the Roosters and said, well, he only wants one year. And they said, oh, what? I want to learn from One
1: year under crawl. Yeah. Well, he's still plenty yeah, young enough, really that's for sure. You know? So mm. I
2: don't think they're paying him all that much money, but I a pretty good career move.
3: But... Smart. Yeah, he's smart. Absolutely.
2: It's, you know, because that boy does have a lot of talent, you know, and someone like Kronkel, you know, he's got a lot of things, and he's only been no guy the
1: year now for Kronkel. He's become good. But, yeah. You know, but... well, as yeah. always, steers the ship. Uh, he's more behind the scenes kind of player, not never in the limelight, but he certainly does his job. Cooper Cronky's all class, but Buzz, much appreciate having you on. Good to finally have a chat. The twitty beef is over.
2: I don't know why I you, but you've you've you come across as really decent
1: fellows. <laughs> I, I, I think I don't y I, I I I don't think you you and Brock got spiteful. I think it was just a, no, sure. a heated debate between two blokes who had an opinion on the, the five year yeah. plan or the junior development and the, the whole it, setup. I don't think it ever got personal. It didn't get personal and nasty. So
3: You didn't swear at me, Brock, did you? No. As mate. soon as I said the F word, off it goes. No, oh, no, no, no. I think no. just two two bulls, button heads and Come to a close. Yeah, oh, it's, 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 it's not, a, as you know, it's not illegal to have an opinion. No. Nah. Is it? No, nah, nah. no, of course
1: not. Of course not.
2: Nah. But next time out at the stadium. These voices so there will come and introduce myself and we'll
1: catch up, back. Eh? Done. Sounds good. Much appreciated, Buzz, and for everybody out there. You can read all Buzz's material, obviously, in uh, the one and only Daily Telegraph and catch him on NRL 360 or so during the week. Buzz, and Buzz Controversy
3: Brock, Corner. How, controversy do, how do you corner. go on Controversy <laughs> Corner with Blocker? How do you go there? I struggle to... Not to laugh. <laughs> <laughs> I'll, tell you, I'll tell you what, You and um, would, would you and uh, Graham Hughes follow each other on Twitter? I don't think you would. I don't think he's on something. If he is, you don't follow him. You know what, well, it's a
2: lot of fun, though. We, we just disagree
3: on everything. I'll know? tell you what, that, that show... It's great. It is a good show. Yeah, I, I, I don't well, miss I, it now. It's no, I didn't. You know, it's nice. It's, um, yeah, and... and
1: it's just like going into
2: the pub and an argument for your mates over a beer, you know? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah.
1: Well, thanks again, guys. Really appreciate it. Thank you. No worries, Buzz. Much appreciated for your time. Okay,
2: talk soon.
1: All right, mate. And there you go. Finally. Brock, Buzz and myself having a conversation. Long yeah, time good. coming. It was good. It was a good chat. Uh, I Hopefully the quality didn't come through too bad. We had a bit of a dodgy line there, but I just had a quick listen to the back end of it and didn't sound too bad so no. hopefully uh
3: if you're complaining about the quality of the sound like that's as good as we can get it so
1: yeah well given the circumstances we're
3: not in a uh we're not in a studio so.
1: no but good chat uh plenty of good information in there and some bits and pieces to cover off but that was our set of six to start things off so we covered the coaching carousel which a lot of people out there brock understandably uh a bit over because it's been the only thing it's been talked about for the last week or so and realistically, I don't think we're going to get much resolution for a lot of those coaching situations until not?
3: the I season is done. Can we ban it from the show for the rest of the year, please?
1: We can stop talking about yeah, it unless done. we get a decent development yeah, or something yeah. rock solid.
3: Unless something solid changes, we're not talking about The it. top
1: eight thing, uh, Like I think Buzz and most people are of a similar opinion. You're obviously on Souths and Roosters. Yeah, I, I, just,
3: I want to talk footy now.
1: I agree with you. I also feel that maybe the Sharks, again, like I said, but had more of a dark horse. Uh, Melbourne now with injuries after the weekend, I'm not, I'm not too sure about but. Spoon Bowl, some player rumors, all oh, good chat. Good, yeah, it was a good, good time chalking the Buzz, but there you go. Set of six done to kick things off, and we now move into our power rankings brought to you by the Penrith Solar Centre. Do you know what hurts more than your team going down a nail-biter? It's getting slapped with a huge electricity bill and then biting your nails trying to pay it. Take back the power from the electricity companies and generate it yourself. The team at Penrith Solar Centre are dedicated to providing you with the highest quality solar energy experience to make you and your family the real big winners. Contact the team on 1800 20 29 30 to discuss how they can make you the real winners this season. Jake and the boys there, www.penrithsolarcentre.com.au. We were
3: out with the boys from the Penner uh, Solar Centre on the weekend.
1: Had some inquiries. People, if you don't tell them your name or you've listened to the show, give yourself a triple. He said that uh, he had one just sign up for a system, and then we've had a couple that we've had email us or message that have rang up. Tell them that you listen to the podcast. Come on.
3: You, a, you'll get a better price, and B, a, you're helping us out.
1: You're doing us a solid, but there you go. Power rankings, Brock. Number one, who you got? I have. Oh, man, who have you got? I've Tommy. just left the Roosters because yeah. I'm still not really worried. No Kiri, no Jarabria Hargraves. I, um, wanted to
3: st- I wanted to have... Well, we both had the Roosters there last week, didn't we? Well, what, yeah. what are you going
1: to do? You're going to move South in after a no, loss? I can't. You can't move Melbourne can't. with the injuries they've got? No.
3: Yeah, roll on. I, know I don't, it I don't think it's one. much of an argument. I can't, put the, I can't put the Sharks
1: there. No, I've left South. Can't at, put the Dragons there. No, I've left South at number South two. South yeah. Uh, the whole back line's out. I know a lot of people say that's not a big thing, but for de- defensive cohesion, your back line fluency, yep. communication, there's lots of things that'll be fixed once they get their back five yep. back. I also think that a few teams now have really started to rip into those two 20-minute periods where the Burgesses uh, obviously are on as a trio, and if you can see yourself through those periods, you get opportunities at the back end of the half when the bench comes on. But they're still a powerhouse to me, and they're going to get those players back. Number three, sharks. Sharks for me as well. I'm still not overly impressed, but I, there's still something there. It's still something building. Wade Graham to come back. It seems every week it they just lose tells somebody. Me
3: as much about the rest of the comp as what it does about the sharks. Yeah. Two weeks ago they lost to Manly at home. Yep. So, uh,
1: but on the weekend again, like you know, Wade Graham doesn't play this week. They lose Jesse Ramey early they lose Ricky Latelli. It seems every week someone comes in and out of that side, and I feel that if they can get everyone back on the park. And healthy, they're more of an outside chance compared to those first two, in my opinion. But I still think they're a chance. I really do.
3: They are massively, yeah. Number four, number four. I have the Dragons. I'm, oh, sorry,
1: I've got the Storm. I was going to say got the Storm. Jeez. I'm leaving the Storm, but to hear today that Nelson potentially not back until week one or week two. Will Chambers, I'm going to come out and say it right now, I think this year's been poor in general. That was disgusting, I, that time. I, I think he's lost his mantle as the best center in the game to Latrell Mitchell, but as a Melbourne fan and somebody who really likes Will Chambers, I was very disappointed. That was just grub, and he'd done it twice, and he got away with it, and I think this year in Origin and a lot of games, he's just done some stupid things, and earlier in the year against the Sharks, when you went to Shark Park, he got suspended that night mm-hmm. for just a pointless shoulder charge, so he's disciplined this year, and... Just some of the grub that's creeping it's becoming more prevalent. He's always had a bit of shit in his game, but it's been much more prevalent this season. Uh, he's fallen off the perch a bit form-wise for me this year. I, I think he'd be lucky to be considered for the Australian test at the end of the year against New Zealand. Yeah. So I'll leave them there at the moment. But yeah, Smith, Brandon Smith, the backup hookers, Harry Green, etc. Billy Walters, is there injured. So interesting to see who's going to play there this week. Vunavalu, possibly out until the start of the finals. I, I think Melbourne would just be happy to somehow stay in the top four the next two weeks, depending on the results, and get to week one and hopefully get you know three or four of those guys back on the field. But yep, yeah, number five got the Broncos, all right. So, they bet yeah, I'm not arguing with that. I just they're just such a yo yo again with those young forwards, mm-hmm. it's a real positive, And I think Milford
3: who have you got the Dragons?
1: I've got the Broncos as well. Um, but it's just week to week, it keeps yo yoing. Those young forwards are outstanding. Corey Oates is an exceptional winger. But I still look at the halves coming into the finals. Best springer in the game. I reasons. can't see it. I still can't see it from the, those halves. Oh, I can't see them winning it, no. Um, yeah, it's just... But yeah, they're, they're a very talented side. There's no doubt about it. Number six. The Dragons. I've got the Dragons as well. And similar reasons as I said before. Great effort. Good to see some defensive intent back there on the weekend. They found a bit of energy. But when's Vaughn going to be back? Is Gareth up shoulder good? We've both had shoulder reconstructions. Once your shoulder's loose, regardless of rehab, you're vulnerable to popping it out. So my issue is, and I'm sure you agree with me, if it's it's not surgery-wise they're saying, but the re, the actual rehab he'd really need to get it right. It's about six to eight weeks. So if he's going to play in four weeks and an edge back row is going to hammer him week one so they play Penriff and they put Billy Kickow on him, it's I, I, I wonder, can he actually get through 80 minutes? So I've got them in six or 5 or we'll probably keep them in the bottom end for the rest of this season regardless of results because if Woodop's not healthy and ready to go, they're not winning the comp with Ben Hunt and Kurt Mann playing in the halves together. Not they need Woodop in their halves. Number seven.
3: Uh, yeah, really? Uh, Warriors.
1: Uh, I've got Penrith. But uh, really? between them and eight, I don't think it really matters. The Warriors are up and down like a fiddler's elbow. If
3: I knew the Raiders were a chance of making the eight, I'd have the Raiders in ahead of Penrith
1: and the Warriors. Yeah, regardless, that win on the weekend. beat the, the Roosters. Yeah, but that's more frustrating than anything that they win I get that game it, Because they've blown so they... many other results. Like, they should be a top four side of the be. games they've blown. Yeah. But between these two, I'll, I'll put it this way. I'll swap it now that you say it because I'm thinking in my head, the one thing that Buzz said before, and I thought this the other week, and I said this the whole time, I thought Penrith would have been professional enough to somehow get to the end of the season without dropping this bomb. And regardless of player unrest and all the bullshit that was hovering around during the year, it wasn't affecting him before this all happened. And now you've got people like Maloney and that that were heavy on Griffin and some of the younger blokes that are bigger on Serraldo because he's bigger on the Millenn- Like I think just dropping this time bomb was not only handled poorly by Penrith, but it's also causing some of what we're seeing on the field right now. And it was the worst possible time to do what they've done. So,
3: and you've yeah, you've lost two sides that are going to be nowhere near the eight.
1: Yeah, and then you have got the and Warriors who just are going to play in the eight. Good luck, but on their day with that spine,
3: I just think the Warriors got beaten by uh, the Bulldogs. Have the given Bulldogs, everyone a good game. Bull, I think the Bulldogs in the last month have been pretty much a top eight side, haven't they? They've played quite well.
1: I was going to say, go back to the start of the year now, take all the pressure, expectation off, um, and have these players in playing the same way they have. Mind you, it's a different story.
3: They beat, they beat the West Tigers in a big game. They've now beaten the Warriors in a big game. You know, I think the one difference,
1: though, and again, moving to next year, why I say that, next year there will be expectation for Reese Martin and Remus Smith and obviously Lachlan Lewis and these guys, not so much to make the eight, but they're first graders now, and they will be playing next year, and it's not a free walk in the park, so... Um, but yeah there's no doubt they've been good and the Warriors just need to get ruthless yeah. well, week we know to week. they're our bottom two teams let's yeah. move on week to week you don't know what you're going to get but we're moving to the reviews of the games from the weekend now brought to you by the European Boltmaster they are your complete fastening system supplier with their main office located at Penrith and they have a second one out there at Seven Hills they boast the largest range of fasteners and associated products not only in the region but throughout the state there's a lot more to the Boltmaster than just fasteners you'll also find industrial and engineering products abrasives hand and cutting tools lifting materials Safety and cleaning, paints and general hardware. The Nep Bolt Master provides total needs sourcing packages for all trades associated with construction, engineering, and all industry segments. If you're a tradesman like myself, get your tools, get your bits and bobs, your nuts and bolts from none other than the PM Bolt Master. Tell wasn't the boys fifth and last sent you, www.nepbolt.com.au. First game, Brock is that one Broncos and Souths, and I think it's pretty easy to see in that game that the Broncos came in. With energy and intent, I thought they handled the middles and they saw out those two 20-minute periods that I'm talking about where the Burgesses are on. Mm. And If you can kind of get through that, you can kind of get a bit of love at the back end of the half and they roll their bench on. but Most importantly, they just expose those edges. And People sit there and go, oh, they're just wingers and that, but you lose yardage. You use fluency with your backline movements. You use set-start fluency with those guys and the link-up play and anchoring and working together at the back. Uh, defensively, on the edges, communication's a massive thing and they got really, really badly exposed on their right, Brisbane's left and I thought they did exceptionally well to fight back to 18-all, but it, it, yeah, it took so much effort to get to that of points, point. wasn't it? Yeah. It
3: was 18 and 18, and then I think, what, Brisbane scored the last 20 or 22 yeah, or something? 20
1: points. It, it took so much effort to get there, and they'd been down the whole game. That...
3: Yeah, they just look a, a step off where they have been, South. So they're probably in a, a heavy training period, I would think. Seabold's very much from the Craig Bellamy uh, school of thought. So I think they would have gone through a tough training period to make sure that they're peaking not now, but in, you know, two or three weeks time.
1: Yeah. And I still think like I said, set starts will be better once you get back your Campbell Graham's, you know, Greg Inglis, et cetera, these kind of guys, defensively you'll be better on your edges. It like it all starts in the middle, there's no doubt about that. But it's still pretty obvious to see that when Brisbane were shifting early, even when they didn't have quick play the balls, they're having trouble communicating and sorting things out, in particular on their right hand side. Yeah. Um, but this one I kind of look at and I haven't seen the lineup, so obviously I'm just going to look at them later on. But I think Greg Inglis, potentially, back this yeah. week. Not sure about Campbell Graham. I think Jennings isn't back until the finals. And Johnston, I'm not too sure either. But even that one, like losing your fullback. Dan Gagai is an exceptional player, don't get me wrong. But he hasn't played enough fullback the last couple of years. He doesn't bring the ball-playing aspect that Johnston does. And he doesn't bring the support aspect to the same level that Johnston does because he hasn't been playing there enough. So to almost lose your complete back five is not handy in no. the modern game. Your back five is very important. Now, for Brisbane... Full marks to them. Um, I think, again, certain players have been good all year. Like Joafin Gowley, I don't know he didn't play Origin. Coming off the back of Barbecue, Garrett in the week they've had and everything that's been going on there, uh, it's a good effort by those players. Young David Fafita, the fact he's 18, 19 years old, he's an exceptional young four. Like The stock of forwards, we've mentioned a million times, they've got a are awesome. Corey Oates, it, it's kind of weird to hear that they're having a contract dispute now. He got finally sorted out the situation with his manager. He doesn't have a manager. But apparently, had terms sorted out with Brisbane, and now they've spent money out big on these kids. Those terms aren't the same as what they were, so I don't know where he's going to end up. But if I am Brisbane and I am him, I want to play wing for at least the next couple of years. I am only twenty two years old. I want to play in that side with those young outside backs. So I hope they can get something done. If they don't, I've got the prime candidate, and I don't know why they. If they had been in contact of all teams, but Parramatta, I know they got Blake Ferguson coming down. But you want to have two really good yardage players. I would be very interested in getting Corey Oates in there with Blake Ferguson. To help my set starts yeah. Agree. Um, depending on the price tag, obviously, but that's somebody I thought about the other day. Like, If you're willing to spend 800 grand on Junior Pauly, which I think is just ridiculous, I'd be willing to have a look at Corey Oates, that's, that's for sure. Yeah. Corey and Oates, again,
3: to me, is the biggest well, and best winger in the comp.
1: Uh, Milford, I know he's been copping a bit of a battering. I think his kicking game's got a lot better the last six to eight weeks. I think he wasn't too bad again the other night and had some nice moments. And, uh, yeah, on south side of things, Gagai's trying very hard at the back. Cook, he's been you know close to their best every single time he steps onto the park. And I thought Crichton had a decent game. But, yeah, back five players. Middle well contained for those two periods with the three Burgesses. Good win by Brisbane. Titans-Manly. I uh, don't want to spend a lot of time on this one. It's basically a game of Oz tag. Defense was not a priority. But I think the big issue here is how you get to 22-6 and look like you're going to tear them to pieces, and this being the Titans and Manly. The two which is in particular running a wrecking crew. Their middles into power and Fenua Blake, who have been exceptional all year, Joel Thompson, and then suddenly come out in the second half and concede 32 unanswered points. I, I don't know how you go in, even with conceding that late try to Brimson at 22-10 and come out and cop 32 unanswered. I, I have nothing, regardless of the Barrett situation, everything that's going on, how you can come out. And I, I, I was dumbfounded when I was watching. I couldn't believe it.
3: Yeah, Yeah. I- I don't know whether I turned it off. Twenty-two six, I turned it off. Oh, yeah, I I'd had not enough. I didn't know. And I didn't know
1: what to think. I really. My wife
3: told me to turn it back on with twenty to go, and I did. And if anything, it just frustrates you more. It. Oh. it I don't know whether it highlights how inconsistent the Titans have been, or just how big of a basket case Manly are.
1: I will say one thing. I'm not. Oh, I don't mind a spray every now and then, and I don't think he's had a lot of them this year. But Garth Brennan's halftime spray, too little, too late, was legendary. He went absolutely mental. Get it, but
3: they um, needed it earlier in the
1: and year. and he got that response. But at the same time, I'm looking at it and going, me and they definitely contributed part too when
3: he needed that spray halftime in the Brisbane home game.
1: Oh, that's when they needed they were that awful spray. without the Origin players in that game. That was that was dreadful. But I think you know, second half decent showing there. I think the most frustrating thing again for you is the roller coaster of the Titans. You really do have a decent forward pack. I think they look better when Mitch Rain comes on at nine to be honest. AJ Brimson, I was frustrated earlier in the year when he wouldn't get a run. I think LG being back in there's made a difference. I'm looking at a lot of these young guys, but again, inconsistency inconsistency this year, they should have had more wins. Yeah. Um so I look at this game and again the one thing I really take out of it is Brimson. Uh, he's an exceptional footballer at six or one, and I think they're looking very nicely there. For anything, I take out that for Manly he's looking at LG going there next year. He'll be a nice compliment to Daly Trey Evans. Yeah. Um, him getting back into the side now, and it's hypocritical, like we said last week, for people to go, oh, LG got dropped because of his defence because he missed three or four tackles. Well, how the fuck does James Maloney miss eight every week and have a lead of missed tackles 40 more than everyone else? And I know people are going go, oh, you dickhead. He wins games. He does this and that. But the Canberra game the other week, I'm not questioning him as a player. He's a great player. But it's hypocritical when you miss eight tackles every week and throw a four down your edge and you set one up. Like That charter has to balance out at some point. And then they we point at players all the time about their defensive efforts, what you give as to what you let in. But he has some days that are massively lopsided as well. So it's very hypocritical to target players like that and say it's because he can't tackle. Because yeah. one of our elite halves or a guy we consider to be one of the best 5-8s in the comp is the worst defensive player in the comp. Yeah. And some days contributes to that with his contr- attack, Exactly. Right?
3: It just depends what you're...
1: Yeah, but it needs to balance out in the scale of things. So um, I, I really do hope that Kane LG gets a good pre season in and stays healthy because he's only still 22 years old. Yeah. Um, but yeah, good win by the Titans there. Storm Eels, uh, as a Melbourne fan, I was pretty wrapped with the effort in this game because to be honest, I, I, I was sitting there at half time just looking at our team capitulate. Smith going off with his back. Vunavala didn't come back out. Fanukin had the HIA. Brandon Smith got hurt early when he came onto the field and. When Munster got put in the bin at one point and Nelson had gone off with a cindersmosis. they were down to 11 for a three or four-minute period there. And yeah. they had 12 before that when Munster was in the bin. But defensively, they just turned up. The effort was there all game. At the back end, Felice Cafusi was like playing in the centers. I think Joe Stimson was dishing some footy out of nine, as was Kenny Bromwich. Like, it was an absolute patch-up job, and they were all spent. And we had two spare interchanges that we couldn't use. But um, at the same time, uh, that I, I must say, Parramatta offered nothing in attack. They were, they were frustrating. They were sideways. Ill-discipline, lots of errors, but I'm still wrapped as a Melbourne fan with the defensive effort, given the injury toll in that they game. That was
3: super. The game was a bludger. But it was awful. It was an awful bludger, game of football.
1: So. Um, but again, Parramatta are a non-factor in the finals, so it's not, not much I want to talk about in their case, but for Melbourne, these injuries, like I speak of, could be season-defining. If or they get it, to week one yeah. and a couple of these guys aren't ready to go, we already said that they needed their best one to 17, uh, they, they could potentially be playing an elimination final, and if they fell back straight away in that situation... I could not see Melbourne winning through to the grand final. No, exactly. So how they get to week one and where they land uh, is going to be huge. But I think they need two bites of the cherry. I think they need everyone on deck week one. And whoever, it's the Roosters, if it's South, whoever finishes one, if they're four or three, one of those two spots, everything has to go yeah. into that week one final and getting a week off. Because I don't think they can win the comp without that break. Agree. So yeah, uh, Interesting to see what happens with these injuries. And we've already touched on the Chambers thing. No bias here. It was dog shit. Um, I think he's been terrible this year. I think he's lost his mantle as the best center in the game. Um, and he's lucky he didn't get pinned for longer, to be honest. It, it, was, just, it was bad. I it was look. just really grubby. Really yeah. shit can't up. Can't argue
3: with you. The knees can't during argue.
1: Origin were rubbish as well. Uh, the shoulder charger in the air wasn't a bad thing, but it was just dumb. Like There's just a lot more shit creeping into his game. and It's pretty sad because, like I said, for the last couple of years, probably looked at him and thought he's held that mantle and he's been one of the premier centers I think in the game.
3: Mitchell... Just has rattled
1: him. I think this year, looking at around the comp, I wouldn't even have him top five. I think Jesse Ramian, when he's healthy, is one of the better centres in the comp. I think Esau Masters is right up there as well. Uh, Latrell Mitchell. There's a couple of guys i look at and say they've had better all-around years or they're ahead of him in the pecking order right now. I really think he's had an ordinary year. Not even an average year. I think he's had an ordinary year. Um, There you go. Yeah, I can't argue with you.
3: He He got torched by Mitchell in origin.
1: Yep. Uh, Penny Terrapa, I think, has been good. And I thought he should have played football a bit earlier. Guffson's effort was there as always. Young Salmon, I, I kind of like what I've seen, but it's a hard situation to come into. And they obviously debuted two young blokes, Raymond Stone, a former Australian kangaroo, one uh, junior they got from the Tigers a couple of years ago, and Oregon Confuci, one of their own juniors. So we are talking earlier with Buzz about juniors yeah. debuting. Finally won from their system after a first time in a while. Only 19 years old. But I thought those guys, uh, you know, getting around at the back end of the year, Pretty hard school to come into, Melbourne, in Melbourne, on your debut. Um, but good to see a couple of kids pushing through or getting blooded at the back end of the year, seeing things are basically done. Um, yeah, interesting situation. Newcastle Panthers, we're at this game. Honestly, <laughs> <laughs> two piss-weak efforts <laughs> in a row. Thank God the beer was cold. Oh, up. man. Shit. Two poor efforts in a row. And all I can say is you can't blame Griffin now, can you? Like, I, I know you can't change much in a week or two, but... I just think dropping that time bomb when they did was the worst possible thing. And people go, oh, there was unrest unrest from pre-season. But they were playing good football. You should have kept everything under wraps and handled this situation at season's end. But you've dropped this time bomb. The Ivan Cleary stuff leaks. Is Nathan staying? Is he going? Now his dad's not coming. Is he going to leave the club? Now they're rattling the cage this week, which I think is a bullshit rumor about Maloney and Cleary having beef. But still, all these things don't tunnel effect or the media doesn't hop on the back of it without them dropping that time bomb last week. And I really think it's put them in a situation now where I don't think they can recover. And uh, to say that that punch up was just frustration because of a loss on the weekend, I, I don't think it is. I, I think there's just frustration in general and some real issues within that group at the course moment. Of so, course, there is. I'm not going to take anything off Newcastle though, because they're exceptional. I thought Aiden Guerra, Safedi, all those blokes really stepped up. Mitchell Pierce cops a lot of shit, but he was exceptional. And, and Ponger and the Halves, those two look really, really good together. And I said it earlier in the year, and a couple of people actually sent me messages thinking I'm crazy, but. Connor Watson's few games for the Roosters at fullback. He looked really, really sharp to me. Um, yeah. And if you can have Pierce and him and Connor Watson at the back, which the best part of his game naturally to me is just the running. Yeah. I think that may be the way forward for them. The question is, who's the nine? And Levi still shows glimpses, but I don't know if he's the answer long term. And there's a guy out there, again, if I'm going to mention players, Isaac Luke, I don't know what he's doing next year. I know he's had some injuries this year, but depending on price tag, if I'm Nathan Brown, I'd be pretty interested in getting Isaac Luke into my side.
3: Absolutely. Um,
1: and Levi, again, I know he's probably frustrated that he hasn't been able to take that man, but that's on him to take it. And will he want to be mentored again for another year or two? Probably not. But if I'm looking for a quality nine, I think that's somebody that I'd be pretty interested in if I'm Newcastle. Yep. But, yep. Uh, I, I, yeah, they were, they were great. They, they stuck it. They came in a whole day. The um,
3: piece injuries killed them.
1: We'll put Pierce back in For 8 to 10 weeks Keep Ponga it's Out of origin And in the couple of games He missed I think they're in the 8 I think they make the 8 I really right, they're,
3: clo- they're bloody close, they're like, close How many as... wins
1: Have they got now 9 or 10 uh, like, Yeah it must be 10 wins And you know like, there, There's a couple of Close results they've had Even around those Injuries But Pierce What did Pierce miss He missed like 10 weeks Didn't he
3: yeah, I think so. So they've won, they've won nine yeah.
1: games. The bottom end this year is high. Usually we say 12. It's been 13 wins. But if you have Mitchell Pierce back in for 10 weeks and Callum Ponga, Connor Watson not missing games and everyone on deck, I dare say they'd at least have won another three games. They'd be right on the precipice of playing for the at eight. At least two games, so, yeah. So, you know.
3: And that's right. If there were yeah, two games, there'd be a chance. There'd be similar position to what the West Tigers are.
1: Yeah. So I, I think there's a lot of positives to take out of the year, though, for Newcastle, definitely. But the big thing is, and they're still looking for it, they need more consistency in their middle. Uh, that's been the big glaring area for them. I think they've got the spine and a couple of really good plays in the now backline. Next year is going to be better, the Ramin and the likes. But I...
2: imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. I don't
1: think Lasby going to be enough to take that forward pack to the next level. That that's the one big area they need to find somebody else to come into that forward pack. But they for Penrith, do. I don't know if they can arrest things in time for the back end of the season. You now you got kick out this week with a visa issue, potentially not being able to go over to New Zealand for <clears throat> for a big game. Jeez, frog in against the, the Warriors, but. Um. Yeah, I thought they were awful on the weekend. Discipline, non-existent, errors coming out of yardage, Um. I'm pretty sure.
3: They just nudged the ball sideways. They didn't look to have any plan in attack.
1: Inside 20, like, what are they doing?
3: And Cerrado's their attacking coach. They looked better when Griffin was coaching and Serraldo was doing the attacking stuff. So I'm not sure whether it's a coaching issue, whether it's just a motivation issue, whether they're frustrated, whether yeah, the whole situation. the situation field there's a whole heap of things that have contributed. Yeah. I, I sort of feel sorry for Serrato. Like, he's been... Thrown under the bus, like, I don't, I don't feel sorry in the fact that, you know, he was definitely part of the regime that overthrew Griffin. So, and I said that in the, you know, in our piece on that, you know, heavy is a head that wears a crown and now he's understanding how heavy that crown can be. Mm. But I, I just, I feel that publicly Gus sort of threw him under the bus a little bit by
1: yeah, saying that he quit. Full confidence and I got this and that No, but he just quit saying and... that
3: he quit and, yeah. you know, trying to sort of, he brought Serato into that slanging match with Griffin, the public debate. I think the more Penrith can just stay out of the spotlight from a media perspective, the better. And the only way you do that is just keep your mouth shut and head yeah. down. So, and the only way the, the this noise is going to be silenced is by some on-field results. And as you said, I, I'm not sure where they're coming from.
1: No, nah, and the ending was poor. Um, yeah, the fight. And- did Barn- like people say Barnett didn't really need to shove, but I didn't think Kickout needed to powerbomb him either. Uh, Wunga got involved in that as well. And May threw a couple. Levi didn't certainly fought back. Kenny
3: Dow threw a couple of ordinary ones as just,
1: well. Yeah, uh, yeah the, the whole boil over. And I, I, you looked at a lot of them on the weekend. Inside 20, they were rudderless. They tried to play sideways with no momentum. Nath had no inside-outside support. It was just all around, it was pretty poor. Like uh, Corey Harry and Nara got a start with Fisher Harris out, which is a big loss, and I thought he had a bad day. Made a couple errors, you know. Uh, you know, had some poor tackles. his like.
3: inconsistent form goes back to when I was with him in the 20s. There's a lot he'd of have, guys he'd there. He'd have a real good month and then he'd have a couple of ordinary games. Yeah. So consistency is probably the biggest barrier for Corey.
1: I think the big one, for the, like, I don't want to single him out. There's a lot of guys right now that are, that are, are struggling. And this, this time bomb, I, just, I think it was the worst possible time for it to happen. So agree. see what happens this week against the Warriors. But Newcastle, great win for them. Good finish off to the year. Tigers-Dragons, this is probably the highlight win of the weekend for me. It was just tough. It was a tough win. And when they were down 6-0 on the penalty count and defend their line, that intent was back. That line speed was back. That control. Tyson Brazel and Tarek Sims, and Sims in particular, he was out there kicking ass and taking names. He was hurting blokes. He was putting halves on the ground. He was whacking everybody. Leilure, I said it before, and I own everything I say. There's nothing wrong with his attack, and you saw that. That was a breakout game for him, and he was super dangerous. The big issue is... Consistency over eighty minutes, being an edge back rower, having players and halves come at you on an edge and challenge you to make thirty, forty tackles, and can he do it under fatigue? He definitely needs another preseason. He definitely needs to get fitter, but he is no doubt, and I'll happily say this, as talented, if not more so, in attack, as Joey. And he has ball playing skills to play yeah. in that Tom edge McGregor role. Paul but... McGregor
3: was on three sixty last night, and he said, he said it. He, the biggest barrier is his nutrition. It's got to be fitter, yeah.
1: Simpl- plain and simple. Because people go, oh, you can't. Oh, I can say that because. The other night, we saw how exceptionally good he was with the ball. But if I'm going to play you week in, week out, I need to know that you can last and you can make good decisions under fatigue on that edge and Mm -hmm. even bring him off the bench at bits and pieces. They get after him in the middle and he doesn't hold in there. So he needs to be a part of that side next year because, like I said, they don't trust their bench enough. Mm -hmm. But he needs to get fit enough, and you saw a glimpse of that. But I was just super impressed. I thought Kurt Mann did a really good job there. I thought McKinnis had one of his better games. But the sin-binning, the penalty count at one point being 6-0, defending their goal line... Just, just for the whole game, I thought their intent uh, and their effort was back. And that's the, the small things that matter. Their defense was certainly back. Their attack certainly needs to still improve. But a big part of that is Ben Hunt getting some confidence back, having a new halves partner. Gareth Woodop not being there. And obviously McInnes as well, probably not being quite in his early season form. So all those little things. But um, I think also a big tick, Nene McDonald being back is massive for the yardage game. And I think Jordan Pereira, who's came in, also helped out their yardage. So I saw that on the weekend. Their set starts were a lot better too. Mm-hmm. Tigers, I think it's just easy to say that regardless of, what I think they've achieved this year, they don't deserve to play finals. And the big part of that is they went on a run there where they lost nine or 10 out of 12, only won two games. Every time they've got a big result like the Souths game, they lose to the Bulldogs. Uh, and then, you know, they get a big result against the Dragons a couple of weeks ago. And then they get to this stage where they need a critical win, where they're missing Vaughn, state of origin front row and a... You know, possibly the best 5-8 in the couple, one of the best in Gareth Woodop, and they're at Leichhardt and they can't win. So you look at all those Leichhardt's things. Leichhardt's
3: been a little bit of a graveyard for the Tigers. Yeah,
1: 12 of the last 19, I think they said on the telly last night. But again, well, They
3: lost to the Titans there, and then they've now lost this game. Both of those, you give them those two wins, they're in the eight.
1: Um, yeah, errors, discipline, couldn't get out of yardage, didn't help themselves. But I think the big question for them now that the season's basically over, do Farah and Benji play on? Um, you know is Reynolds healthy for next year is he part of the big picture plans I think Esan's been great for them this year Cheekham's growing into a solid first grader Brooks has finally turned into the player that I was hoping he would be and uh, you know in buying him will be better for another off season and Bayern's shown some really good flashes while he's been there but I think the big thing I guess there again is just consistency and getting some more plays into their squad and depth is what we question at the start of the year so exactly right. Um, tough loss for them good win for the Dragons Sharks-Cowboys it was a bit of a late blowout but again Uh, I think the Cowboys have given a lot of teams all they can handle this year, just with no love. Uh, They've had a lot of close losses, considering the fact they're right down the bottom end of the ladder, and they'll ride in this one to the death, but once that sin bin happened, the Sharks ran away with it, and I think they had their own challenges to overcome, obviously. Losing Ramian and Latelli early on kind of throws it out when you lose two centres, and you've got to kind of patch that up, but, uh, you know, a win's a win, nevertheless. I didn't think it was pretty. I thought their halves showed some pretty good form for Fido with his little fire up there. Obviously, played a pretty good game, and uh, Wade Graham's going to be a big piece. We every it when he comes back in. But Valentine Holmes, Woods has been a solid buy for them off the bench. I think they look better with Seguiara at nine, and he's playing some better football now. Uh, but, yeah, that just... is true. They, they play with their food a little bit. But they, they got a the job going in the end, didn't they? Yeah, and I think the big thing for them is similar again the other night to what happened to the Manly game. They score a try, they concede a try. They score a try, they concede a try. They can't really string together a good patch there where they get a couple of tries and defend and hold and build pressure. They seem to score and then relax a little bit, and oh, I give the Cowboys full credit. Tarmalo suspended, Scott pulls out before the game. I thought McLean was absolutely massive. Thurston was all night as he as he was as he always is, but um, yeah, just so close but no cigar as always. It seems to be this year. They've had two devastatingly close losses to South Sydney. They had a close loss earlier in the year. I think to Brisbane around two. Like you can go back to a lot of results yeah, could, that could have gone the other way. Yeah. And, well,
3: I go back yeah. to round two where they hit the post against the Broncos. I think. Yeah. You know that would have been two from two. It was a really, really good game, and that sort of undid. penalty goal and a yeah.
1: golden uh, gold, uh, field goal to South Sydney. It undid them. There's been some close losses. It's been a devastating year, but hopefully Thurston gets the correct sent off this week in the spoon battle. Uh, but, yeah, yeah, you know, I
3: don't don't want to see him go out with a spoon, but I don't, I don't think it'll help hurt yeah. his legacy at all.
1: For the Sharks, I just stick what I said before. They just need to get everybody on the field healthy for finals time. They can't have Lewis Dugan, Latelli, Ramian, Wade Graham just going in and out of the side constantly. They need that seventeen. You know, the next week or two, or at least by last round, I think they have Wade back in there and get a game under their belt before they play finals football. Yeah. But on their day, they could beat anyone. Dogs Warriors, 27-26. I think, again, New Zealand just need to stop playing with their food, be ruthless, and close things out. They got out to a 12-0 lead. Looked they were going to do it easy. Next minute, they were down 18-12. Dogs are just giving everyone a game. They're relentless. They just throw the kitchen sink at you and they don't really give a shit who you are or who they're playing. And they do that to the Warriors the other day. And every time it looked like the Warriors were going to get back into it, the Dogs just keep finding a way to fight them off, or they made a poor error. I, I feel sorry and really frustrated for a guy like Roger Tulvasishek, who's just exceptional week in, week out. And I think Mannering has always, even though he's got older legs and he's at the back end of his career, he, he played really well. Jazz Tavunga's been exceptional off the bench this year for them too, but um, that that's a disappointing loss after a, a pretty solid game last week where they strangled Newcastle. And for the Bulldogs, i just got to give credit to all those guys we mentioned, like Lock and Lewis, Coming through the grades, and I've said this before, I, I didn't think he'd be the player that he is right now. Uh, more expectation, obviously, moving into next year when they're playing to make the eight again and it's not this situation where it's just week to week and trying to close things out. But Remus Smith, he's definitely going to be playing first grade next year. Hop Wade he been in absolutely outstanding form. Clemmer, Adam Elliott, Carrot Holland. Like there's a lot of guys there that have taken this with two hands and are playing some good football. And Reach Martin, have you seen a better goal kicker?
3: Kicks him all right. That Seth, he's he like
1: absolutely like. It's one thing to say I'm kicking at high 80s. I think he's kicking 90, mid 90s at the moment. Mm. Like I think no, he's, he's
3: slotting them well, he's... and he's
1: been kicking for about eight weeks now. So it's not like this is a fluke. Like he, he is an exceptional goal kicker. But yeah. um, they're just relentless, aren't they? Like if, if you're Dean Pay, you're got to look at that coming into the situation you've coming into and be more proud of that than anything. Like. They obviously respect their coach and really, really, they're there for him. And that, that says good things long term. Like we said last week, if your Bulldogs fans stick with and they rebuild and they do the right thing because it would be very easy to quit on the season given the circumstances, but they haven't. Um, they are ripping in for their coach. Yeah.
3: Can't uh, argue, my friend.
1: Yeah. Frustrating for the Warriors, but check he was a standout for me. and Isaiah Papaliti, I think people forget that he's only 19, 20 years old as well. I think he's had an exceptional season. Uh, good football. One to look at moving forward, but... Last game of the round, Roosters, Raiders, 14 12. Close loss there for the Roosters, but this is just the frustration, I guess, when you look at the Raiders all year blowing all these close games. And I think they put together finally one of their most complete and disciplined performances, and it shows what they can do. Yeah, absolutely. I
3: agree. Just frustrating, isn't it? Frustrating well, for their fans.
1: Papali um, and that forward pack, pine on the edge now that he's healthy, outstanding. Similar to the Cowboys, Rappana, you, could, you could look cottage, at all these different games game, that they've thrown you know? away. How many close? How many losses that they they've had? Eight or nine losses by you know six points or less, and they didn't have Josh Hodgins for the start of the year. It's a lot of ifs and what ifs and could have beens. But you look at it, even when they got him back, they blew a couple of close games, and then I'm looking at it now, just that must be the most frustrating one of all for Raiders fans. Mm-hmm. You knock off a heavyweight like that at home, complete eighty percent, hold the middle, dominate, defend your goal line when they put you under pressure. Like it's yeah, it really is frustrating. Um, to be a Raiders fan I think at this point in time because it's it's another season like last year of what ifs and what could have been
3: exactly wasted Um, but you know this game in isolation uh, I think it was smart for them to take the two points when they got penalties down in the Roosters end Um, you know were they convincing no but I I thought they really rattled the Roosters I I think the Roosters struggled to score points against them You know, especially on the back of the way that the Roosters have looked in the last month, uh, it's a credit to the Raiders.
1: I think the other thing, the Roosters really didn't try to hide the fact how often they wanted to go left and get the ball to Latrell Mitchell, and one of the tries they got was off doing the opposite of that. They looked like they were going to go left after getting about four penalties in a row on their line, and the Raiders shifted out, and they just dropped it back under for Radley, and there was absolute oodles of space for him to score his try that he ended up getting, but um, yeah, like you said in the end, it was two tries to one, but all the penalty goals from the Raiders. Just take what you can get against a quality side like the Roosters because you know they're not going to give you much uh, down inside 20 on their goal-line defense, and it paid off for them. A great, tight win. and Yeah, just those guys, like I mentioned before, Papali, Rapana, etc., some of the better performers. It's Hodgson. interesting as
3: well that the Roosters went into camp before this game. They spent a week up on the Central Coast yep. preparing for it and come up short.
1: Well, I think the big question, and we haven't seen the lineups against this week, Kiri, is he back this week, next week, finals week one? Jarabria Hargrove is going to get him back on board. I'm not worried about the Roosters. I think the Roosters are one of no, these teams that can won. get their week one. If they got a home final, finish one or two. Like if they win and they get to the pre- their prelim, they're going to be. I think they're going to the grand final. Mm-hmm. They're one of these teams, depending on who falls on their side of the draw, that I'm looking at going. If, if they get a, a Dragons with no win up or a Penrith in dodgy form or a Warriors winning through week three or something like that. Uh, unless, say, Souths get beaten and jump the other side of the draw or something like that happens. I think all those bottom four sides would struggle to roll the Roosters in a prelim final. So, agree. Yeah,
3: yeah. No, agree. But you just don't know, do you?
1: Yeah, bit of a down week. Um, you know, not not the best effort by them. but And they've been up for a while. Yeah, I, I think there was a couple of players, you know, that still stand their authority on that. I thought Tedesco had another exceptional game of football. Ferguson's yard, yardage work's been unquestioned the whole year. And like Ataki Ajo just gets no credit, but he deserves it. Mm. He is an exceptional Exceptional forward, but there you Exceptional go. Exceptional player. That wraps us up for our reviews of the games for the week. So we'll jump in now, Brock, to some fan questions. Some of your favourites from the people out there. Team, team, play, play, team. Brad Millen, he's the food man. One of the favourites on here. He goes, what's the goal of barbecue flavoured chips? How on earth did they work that out? That flavour like is what a barbecue tastes like. Absolute madness. Don't like them. Don't like BBQ chips? they dog shit. yeah. I'm not going to disagree. With you. They're not one of my favorite ones. JDHD, Will Chambers, three weeks. is way too few, right? You will never convince me he wasn't deliberately trying to injure those players.
3: I don't think he was trying to injure him, but oh, it's hard. Injure him, hurt him, injure him. There's a fine line between – like, there is a difference between wanting to hurt someone yeah. and injure someone. I think he was trying to be aggressive and hurt him. I don't think he was trying to injure him, but it's a horrendous look, and he's done – he's he's very lucky to get away with three weeks.
1: Yeah, I, I can't disagree. I think again, just more given the circumstances, there's injuries. It wasn't needed. We're at the back end of the season. We're trying to get to the finals. We need everyone one to seven, it's just shit.
3: I, I just don't um, want. To, I don't want people to think that I'm defending him. I just think no, nah, I'm not. I, what I'm trying to say is I don't think Will Chambers was trying to hurt his neck. Is what I'm trying to say deliberately.
1: Yeah, I, I just I, I was I was very frustrated. I was frustrated in the year. I'm frustrated now, and I think you know they're the kind of things that you don't do to your team, especially when you're an international player Mm. in a situation like that. But I thought they were very, very poor and he needs to have a good hard look at himself because this season uh, has been dreadful. Bit of soul searching. Bit of soul searching, boys. Got to have a take a look in the mirror. One Mm. of the favorites from one of my old coaches. Good times. Adam Thomas, do you think Gus will take a hit if the Panthers keep playing like they are and blow out week one of the finals? Maybe Griffin got sacked at the right time. He
3: already has taken a hit.
1: He's taken plenty of a hit. I don't think Griffin got sacked at the right time. I, I stick by my point that if they would have kept it under wraps at the end of the year... Why now? Like The only thing I could have drawn it down to is what he said. Would it be would it be very, very awkward to fire a coach that potentially makes a prelim or a grand final? Yes, but we already heard all the rumors and speculation, so I don't think it would have been that much of a surprise to anyone or as much backlash as what Penrith potentially thought, seeing we already heard all this and knew about it well before the season kicked off. But I just think that the time bomb was unnecessary. NRL Fantasy Expert, did you boys enjoy Turbo's brilliant performance? In supercoach slash fantasy, what it a legend. Me. Man, we're lucky final. to have him and his brother.
3: In the grand final, it absolutely killed me.
1: Yeah, well, I, he I scored
3: 119, and I was by far the best side all year, and I've saved my worst week for the last week.
1: I picked one of my best mates the week before in my side, Vornie, and ended up getting injured, and I lost by four well, I points. I wish you would have got through
3: because I would have beaten you.
1: You would have beaten me, and I would have lost to Fadi as well, who beat you, but. <laughs> Yeah, Fardy had 120 points or something in the one that we play, I think, off Tommy Turbo. You
3: got 119 off Tom Turbo
1: shredded you. But I, I will agree with you there, mate, that they are very, very lucky to have those two brothers because uh, they're exceptional week in, week out for that team. Cam Baxter, how biased is Gus towards New South Wales teams? Oh, what was that? How biased is Gus Gould towards New South Wales teams? So well, I don't know. Might be referring to some stuff on 100% footy. I...
3: To be 100% honest, I don't listen... To Gus in commentary, I watch Fox.
1: Yeah, I or, some, I'd, or most of
3: the time I have it on. mute. Yeah, yeah.
1: we usually sit there just having a chinwag while watching that. We, do. it, don't we? We're on mute. Yeah. So, Duncan Bridgeford may have already covered this, but you're, uh, we've already done the Chambers one, mate. Just he's lucky to get through. X hundred percent. Andrew Bennett, you're picking the Blues squad, and Elliot White has a new South Welshman. Does he get the eleven or twelve jersey or Angus Crichton? No, nah, he wouldn't make it over Wade Graham and plenty of other guys. He's an exceptional player. He's got great utility value, but. He's not up to origin level consistency or performing week in, week out. But he says, smelly for me. He's great on attacking D. He finishes opportunities better than Crichton. Love the show. Listen every week. Well, uh, Cheers, mate. Yeah, I, I love Angus Crichton too. But again, week to week for Elliot Whitehead. I think there's plenty of back rowers. And we're talking about your week coordinators Tyson Frizzell is Josh Jackson, who I'm not saying it's hard done by, but is consistent week in, week out. Way Graham in his best form. Um, Elliot Whitehead, to me, wouldn't be in the picture there. Joel Banks, do you think the progression of the game has plateaued over the last couple of years. Do you think the next few years should be focused on progression or polishing the product we have? Love your work. A shame the season is nearly over. Has it plateaued, the product? What? The NRL? The progression. Has it plateaued over the past few years of the game?
3: (sighs) Compared to what? I I don't know. I
1: I, I think the product's got better. I know there's a lot of frustrations and other loopholes that people aren't happy with, like the coaching carousel at the moment players and contracts and bits and pieces, but on the flip side of that, and I've said it before, who else but rugby league dishes up all these stories and drama constantly week in, week out, like it's constantly in the news cycle, it is annoying, yes, but you know, you don't hear this stuff out of AFL, is it a bit messy at times, yeah, I 100% agree with that, as far as the progression, or has it plateaued, if you're talking about the game and on-field side of things, I think the game's gotten better, I think the attack's starting to open up a bit more this year, I know we've had the bit with referee gate and the penalties and whatnot, but I think Melbourne... And a few coaches last year started to break the mold and offload and move the football a bit more this year. I think you've got Anthony Seabold, who started to bring a bit more attack back into his game. Um, I, I think things are starting to shift a bit more back towards fatigue. And I really hope they drop it down to six interchanges next year. I think that, again, would bring even more attack and creativity and flair and interest into the game. I don't know what your thoughts are on that, Boxhead. But I agree. As far as polish or progression on the product, there's definitely things we could tighten up. And we spoke about a little bit with Buzz earlier, with Todd Greenberg just addressing some things. You'd like to have more reassurances behind grassroots, better funding, better development pathways throughout all the clubs. But at the same time, I think the clubs are a big part of uh, you know things being polished and the NRL shouldn't have to wipe the ass of all these teams at times and clean up after you know people and you're hearing all this drama out of Manly and being underfunded in their facilities and coaching staff, etc. and all these bits and pieces. But uh, I wouldn't be too worried about the game as a whole. I think the game's in a great position. And the one thing that kills me, everyone that complained about crowds like end of the day, as hard as it is to fathom, TV dollar and advertising is what supplies the game. Um, and a lot of people, even someone like myself, I say this to you all the time, Super Saturday, go watch one game. I watch three at home with a box of pizza and uh, you know, some some beers that I can buy for myself. It's a cheaper night, three games, pause, go to the bathroom, do whatever I want in the comfort of my own home. And I think the experience is so good on TV right now that I enjoy it more than at games, unless they're big games. I yeah. love going to Origin, Grand Final, etc. but... A, a typical Super Saturday here, or go to somewhere like Brookvale with six thousand people, or some grounds where they're half empty or ANZ Stadium. believe well, no, in the weekend no we, we
3: were at a, on a box. We spent the afternoon at Penner Stadium in an open air box. Mm. Paid well. We paid a decent wedge, one hundred and eighty odd per person. Mm. Freezing, windy. It was cold, windy. Yeah. We didn't get the beers that we wanted to drink to start with. They had to bring them out. There wasn't a great selection of food. Like it would have for if me and you chipped in hundred each.
1: Oh yeah, we could have We, we could have eaten for three days, mate. Could have bought a bucket of KF and a box of beer, uh, and I would have been happy as. Uh, but yeah, not knocking it, but yeah, it's it's, well, it's so convenient.
3: Just, and I'm not knocking it at no, all. That, that was good because we don't do it all the time. No. And it was great to get to a live game and do it that way, but you just wouldn't do it every week.
1: Yeah. It's just the game day experience. It hats off to the people that go every week. Oh, 100%. If if, if Melbourne were in Penrith or Vice and I was there, I'd probably go to at least you know eight or nine of the games. But if we were playing during origin period against the side like the Broncos, we were missing six blokes and we were missing six, I wouldn't be going to the game. No. Uh, you know, and that's just my... Lincoln Eson. Who would win a fight that takes place middle of Suncorp Stadium, Sunday afternoon, sunny conditions, 100 Wayne Bennett's or one to Pangai Jr.? The Waynes are Mate, getting 100 Waynes are taking down. The Waynes are getting Wayne's them. too smart. And 100 Waynes, they'd figure out a way. They'd figure out a way. Sydney Miller, why do the Broncos fans have such thin skin? Well, I think, uh, you know, just about any set of fans gets thin skin when someone talks about their club. Of course but they do. The Broncos... Just on that previous question,
3: it'd be like the Army of the Dead off the Game of Thrones coming for someone.
1: There you go. I don't watch Game Wayne, of Thrones, so I've got no idea what you're talking who about. People watch
3: Game of Thrones, the Army of the Dead. Yeah. That's what Wayne would look like. 100 Waynes marching... Not complaining. I miss Game
1: of Thrones. It's, yeah, I've never watched it, so.
3: It's, it's having a year off, mate. Sydney Miller. Before, oh, before the big final year, Brock, mate. Brock, I don't know about <laughs>
1: Game of Thrones, mate. I, don't, I just don't know. I, I might have to look into it when it's all finished and yeah. all the hype around it, you know. Uh, Sydney Miller, I don't know why their fans have such thin skin, but, you know, plenty of fans get body. We've, we've had mainly fans in particular get a little bit body on this show. Well, there's, because there's, I picked them to
3: run last. There's,
1: there's, there's, and they fucking might as well have run last. So, Dragons fans get pretty frustrated apologize. at times as well. Can't blame them. Uh, but you know. Send them to
3: B.shepherd at hotmail.com. Formal apologies. Thank you, Manly fans.
1: Good times. Each to their own. Green, do you think that the 10-minute sin bin warning procedure that came in this year is working? Oh, well. The what? The warning for the sin bin when they get no, the final No, it doesn't win. work
3: because you can get a warning and then 15 minutes later someone gets put, yeah, in, the get put in the sin bin. It's stupid. Yeah,
1: it's pretty ridiculous. Players know they won't get sent off until the warning's been issued. So you see blatant penalties given away. The refs also tend to stop penalising a team as harshly after the warning is issued. And I've noticed a few penalties seem to start getting awarded the other way. So oh. four or five nil count, and then yeah. suddenly four all. Why don't they just call it the same for the whole game? Also, how can a player that's just come on the field get 10 minutes for a minor ruck penalty exactly. when he wasn't at ball? Well, Kate Ellis. Kate Ellis, the poor bastard. His first two games was on the field I for four Keegan minutes. I think
3: Hipgrave got one early in the year as well.
1: Um, yeah, a few of him were self-inflicted, though. No, no, I'm talking about case. there was
3: one of them where he came, literally yeah, came, came on, on the and field. ran
1: on and ran off. Yeah. But, yeah, poor old Cade first two NRL appearances was a total of four minutes, basically. One was his first tackle, and he got put in the sin bin. Four minutes on the field and yeah. 20 off the field. Poor bastard. Billy Barge, why don't weekend games have reserve grade as the opener? Why can't they align the two competitions in terms of schedulers? For example, this Sunday at four, there is a game at Cogba, and there is no reserve grade. Well, the reserve grade competition, it's smaller um, so they wouldn't have enough games to cover all through the NRL fixtures. I'd love to see it. We watched Reserve Grade weekend the other day. at Penrith and they had all three grades on, which I think is the only. That's one of the best ways to get me to the football. Mm. If you're going to have all three grades, and especially if it's early games and daylight football, I'm happy to go down and have a look. And in particular, uh, in our situation this year, Penrith are running second, first, and obviously in the top eight in the NRL. So you're going down to watch. I got to be honest, pretty good teams. I but, don't give a shit about the watching the lower grades. Well, oh, I enjoy watching juniors come through. You know through, why? So.
3: You know why? And this is no slide on, because I love the lower grades, is the gap between the lower grades and first grade. It's an hour. It's fucking ridiculous.
1: Yeah, the gap in between games is way too big. But
3: Even at Origin. We always get there at Origin. We watch the 16s, 18s, 20s, whatever it is, and it's freaking two hours between that and the start of Origin. It's a joke.
1: Yeah. Yeah, well, like I said, they can't really align all of it. They don't have as many rounds it finishes earlier. They don't have as many teams, et cetera, and all that. But I definitely think they should make a concerted effort to have more reserve grade on during the year when they get the chance before some games, well, especially they did, the they did,
3: pitchers. and no one was there. That's yeah, well, why they
1: took it away. I don't know. Shan out, how good is Lachlan Lewis going to be? Well, it's a good glimpse we're seeing right now. But again, pressure-free, no finals football. He's not on some big contract. He's not a rep player. There's no expectation really on the Bulldogs. So I think the real test is next year, after this glimpse, we've got he back this up, meaning Kieran Foren's back, and uh, yeah, they're going to be a little bit lighter on the field. But there's going to be expectation on some of these guys now, considering some of the results they've got. Um, not necessarily to make the eight, but to play some good football. So I'd be pushing the wait and see button, and you know how consistent he can be next year with a full season under his belt and a full preseason. Yeah. Yep. Bruce Hadley, how are the choices made as to which two teams play each other twice? I don't know. Generally, I think
3: one of them's like a rivalry.
1: So Penrith, Parra definitely played twice, you know, or, or just Manly, Para, etc. Para dogs, para Broncos, Tigers. Cowboys, etc. So I think on that sense of things, but the NRL draws it up somehow that if you finish high up the ladder, they do you a schedule that supposedly is going to make you play more teams that made the top eight it's last year. Shit. Look at that! We see it this year: the Cowboys yeah. and Parramatta fall out of the eight. So teams that have ended up getting, you know, to play them if you were in the top eight last year, you've ended up with a better result. Yeah, but two, okay. So.
3: The other the other side of that is is that. You get like where when you play teams as well. Like imagine trying to play Para or Cowboys now. Teams have found that out over the last few weeks. It's also where you play those yeah what double up games. And you know there was Parramatta and Penrith played twice in the first six rounds.
1: Yeah. It's just stupid. I, I that's know, the one honest. that kills me. In the first seven or eight weeks, there seems to be a double up of some games that you'd rather see on the way home this in is the where finals. my argument the about so. they should
3: conference the NRL. I, I firmly believe they should conference the NRL. Everyone plays everyone once, and then you play everyone in your conference twice. That's just my yeah, opinion. Well,
1: I think they need more teams of the expansion before they can get to that point. But well, they don't. You could have
3: two eight-team conferences.
1: Something they need to head play
3: everyone, to. Play everyone everyone once is fifteen rounds. Play everyone um, in your conference an extra time is another seven rounds. There's twenty-four games, twenty-three games,
1: twenty-two.
3: No, it'd be seven plus fifteen. Yeah, twenty-two. 22. So and you have a bye.
1: Or yeah, well, a couple of ball. you know, You're only losing a couple of Again, games. Again, what, what, what if complain? the conference... The problem is, what if the conference are lopsided? Then you would complain. It doesn't matter. So If you've got one conference and you got That's two strong of, teams and the, the other side's got six... Well,
3: you just say maybe the top two from each and then the if, best record. If you've
1: got the Broncos, the Roosters, Melbourne, etc. in one conference, now one's got Canberra, Warriors, something like that, Like it's going to be pretty lopsided and teams are going to miss out from one side. That's my kind of thing I look at there. So. happens in the
3: NFL. And how
1: do you split the Sydney teams? It happens in the NBA. Yeah, but how do you split American the Sydney team? Like, you know they are they're more teams, though. We're talking 30 and 20. Like, There's more teams, so...
3: Yeah.
1: I don't know. I don't know if it would work just yet, but, you know... Oh, it's just my point. If at. you
3: really want to make it even yeah. and make sure everyone plays... And there is some sort of equality in terms of who gets in, that's the only the only argument on it is what you've just said.
1: Yeah, it's not something that you can rule out. There's no doubt about that. I can't argue with that. Uh, what have we got here? Daniel Friend. Thoughts on Fafita's Outburst? I don't mind it. There's not too many professions... Where you could spray your boss or an assistant boss and not get the sack. Well, I think it was stupid. I think it was dumb as well. I agree with Brock in that sense. I
3: so again, yeah. we've we've criticised Penrith for having everything airing everything publicly, and that's basically what has done. You know, I know I understand it was emotional outburst, but he's just put Cronulla on the back page of the paper for the next three days.
1: Yeah, and the other thing as well is it's consistently happened while well, he's been there, and I know they say they have to take the good with the bag, and they know he's got some baggage, but it's not what you want to see. No. Plain and simple, you you want him to keep those behind closed doors, those outbursts if possible. Uh Chris Benge, is it just me or does everyone think Paul Ken is a dick? Love your podcast, boys, keep up the good work. Oh, I what think he's not a dick. I think he just gives his opinion and people don't like that sometimes and you know, but as we said before, everyone's entitled to their opinion, whether you agree or not, is a different story.
3: Well, I don't um, know. He does tend to rub people up the wrong way. For me, I, I... I watch 360 every night yeah. I love him And I, I don't like agree him. with
1: everything he says But I definitely don't think he's a dick And I like the fact that he's one of the only ones He's willing to call a spade a spade And just
3: You know what say the like thing it is, is he thing is He gave us the time of the day yeah. real Early on in this podcast He's been coming oh, on Oh we got nothing against this him This year just... it'll be No but what I'm saying yeah. is You know like How he comes across on television Is you know People's perception But from our point of view He, um, he came on the podcast in our second year To do a grand final show And we went we were no-names then. Like, we've obviously grown in popularity in the three or four years since, and he'll hopefully come on again um, as a bit of a tradition, this grand final edition. But, you know, he gave us the time of the day when he didn't have to. Yeah. So, from that point of view, yeah. Like
1: I said, everyone's entitled to their opinion. grateful. Love him or I hate him. He's honest. That's one thing I'll say. He never holds back. He gives his opinion, so I respect him for that. And he's out of a lot of the ones out there and the credibility they have, he's I can got-
3: remember him to get going back as far as... Um, the back page, when you know, you probably will never remember this, but Peter Fralingos, who passed away, no. there's an award named after Peter. Fralingos. Moment of the year for the he paper. Was, um, Dallium, he yeah. would able to work closely with Phil Rothfield and Paul Kenton, these guys that have been at the telly for a long, long time. But you know, he was on he was on the back page then. I remember he was on um, the Maddie John show when that was on Channel Seven. Can you remember that? When he got, I remember he got, it being he got on the Maddie John of, show, yeah, you know, like so he, he goes back a fair way and. I've always liked him just because he pulls no punches. And again, I, I don't agree with everything he says. But no. He, he'd listen to this show and wouldn't agree with everything we say. and no. He wouldn't agree with everyone else's opinion. We, don't, we don't
1: expect everyone that listens to this to agree with us just no. because he's listening to the show. That's I hope you don't. That's the whole matter of things. Like if you, take, if you are, you're a robot. If you take everything we say as gospel, then you need to give yourself a triple. You yeah. don't you need to agree with everything, that's for sure. Tyler James, who are the biggest underachievers out of the Panthers and the Raiders, both gun sides on paper. Well, I can't, well the Raiders, because you can't the say eight. the Panthers. Yeah, for that reason, they're underachieving. They're still in the eight, regardless of the off-field drama and everything you've heard from the preseason. So, if anything, given the circumstances of being a younger side and having dealt with injuries and a decent origin load, I think the Panthers have overachieved really. Um, for the Raiders, yeah, don't make the eight. You've failed, plain and simple. Jack Package, who's better, Jermaine Sacco or AJ Brimson? Brough. Splitting hairs.
3: Base size oh, Well, I'd, it depends if
1: you weren't talking about them as uh, fullbacks or sixes or what they're going to be playing. Like As fullbacks, I'd take Brimson uh, as a six again. That's what Jermaine Asako comes in the junior grades playing. I'd probably still take Brimson, to be honest. I think why Asako's showing flashes of brilliance, he's generally been on the wing on the outside of a good back line. A lot of what Brimson has done is directly on the ball or individually or for his team. So uh, at this point in time, I, if I was getting one of them to play one for my side or six, I'd be taking AJ. Uh, I've got a very big rap on the kid. Nate Taylor, with a fresh allegation of the Eels roaring the salary cap, is there an end in sight for this crap period for the Eels fans? Almost at my wit's end with this club.
3: I don't know. We'll see whether this these accusations. We need more information. Say, so uh, yeah.
1: we haven't really, we didn't really address that earlier with Buzz for that reason. Like for the time being today, it was released that there's, you know, s- suspected that they might have given under market rent value or something like that for properties they own. But uh, until more details come out, there's not much I can say right now. They're addressing the fact they don't have a jam of football and that Brad Arthur needs a little more help there, which he asked for at the start of this year. They need to sort that situation out. But I think some of the signings they've made and culturally uh, have mixed in wrong. They looked very, very solid last year. They brought Moses in. I thought he brought in. But I think this year between him and Norman, regardless of what anyone says, you've got two alpha males there um, who are trying to run the group and it hasn't worked out. And I think it's had an effect on everyone. But, um, you know, it's a team sport. You need to be strong individually and as a whole. And it probably just shows that they've got a you know, a poor mentality as a group and some individuals in there that need to be a bit mentally stronger because the result this year just hasn't been good enough. Correct. So hope for, uh, for para fans things can turn around, but yeah, it's uh, it's been a rough trot, that's for sure. Melissa Morris, do you think the security of the Dragons in the NRL moving forward is going to give them a renewed incentive to finish the season cemented in the top four inspire them to go further in the semis than last year? Well, I definitely think it's a great thing for the club uh, that they were given a secure future, bought there by the Wynn Group or the St. George kind of side of things. the I think it's is it Andrew Bruce or Wayne, or something? I can't think of his name now. I'm not sure, I saw man. it the other day. But they've uh, come on board there, bought the 50% stake because I think the Illawarra side's obviously broken, not contributed a whole lot. So for Steelers fans, I'm sure there's a bit of frustration or a bit of worry out there how much say or involvement they're going to have. But um, you know, to be privately owned or have the majority taken over, to have the $6 million debt paid off to the I was great. I think for the fans and for the playing group, They're very happy because they've been vocal in support of Mary McGregor after hearing rumors there that potentially he was in trouble and this board is right behind him. So I think it's just ticks in a lot of boxes that they're financially stable, viable, and got some security moving forward. But uh, as far as the players are concerned, I don't think it's a real big thing for them, this kind of stuff. It's a bit above their heads at this point in time. Uh, Andrew Whiteman, competitive clicking time for the finals, and if so, what needs to happen? If not, why not? Uh, what of the talk that some of the players are running amok behind the scenes aren't particularly dedicated in training and rehabbing and that Maloney wasn't out and will be gone at the end of the year after just one season? Well,
3: I don't know. I, look, I've heard that there's a bit of a split there because some players aren't happy yeah, um,
1: about Griffin being sacked and some of the younger blokes in particular are bigger fans of Sorraldo having come through with him and probably not a fan of that old school nature or the tougher side of Griffin, but that's, that's one of these things again that needs to be sorted internally in the group and they need to be able to work together and play football together. As far as running amok off the field, well, again, that's speculation. What what grounds have you got to that? You know, you need evidence or you need something. I I don't know about young blokes running amok around off the field. The Maloney thing I said to you last week, I didn't think you'd see out the three-year contract just because I looked at it from what it was on face value. Getting rid of Matt Moylan was important considering the circumstances and I wouldn't have been paying the money they're paying him. But to get Maloney for a big contract for three years, um, I didn't think he's someone I'd want there for that long. Uh, I think he's an exceptional footballer. But again, hurt now. Um, you know, a bit specky with the form. Start of the year, form to now. The missed tackles, everything moving forward. When you've got players like and May, etc., other guys are there. I think also just from a salary cap perspective, I'd rather keep one or two of those younger guys rather than have Maloney for a year too long and taking up a big piece of my salary cap. But um, what needs to happen? They need to sit down, look each other in the eyes and decide what they want to do.
3: Well, what needs to happen from my perspective is throw all the shit that they're trying to do on the field out the window and just play off the cuff. They've, they've had all these magical comebacks by just playing footy. Yeah, Roll their sleeves up. They've got some big forwards there. Roll your sleeves up. Uh, pile down the field in, in yardage. When you get down into good ball, just play footy.
1: I think that's the big one, isn't it? Yardage errors can't happen. Yardage errors are a non-negotiable, but when you're in good ball... Play what you see. And we've said that the whole time the last couple of years with the talent they've got. They're better off playing a bit unstructured and free-flowing and pushing numbers and offload the football and just work off the back of play-the-ball speed. Um, But more important than anything, if there is a divide, as a whole, it's not up to coaches or other people to talk you down. You need to come together as a group and everyone needs to buy in. So it's going to be up to them whether they can pull this all back together as a whole and decide whether they want to play finals football and push on or not. Because if not, they'll be gone week one. But that's on the group to unite. Johnny Ashko, he says, do you think the Storm are in danger of missing the top four? Well, that win the other night was massive for them. Uh, Given given the way the results went the other night, they could potentially miss the top four, but I think they've got a much better chance now considering they won that game and they're back equal first. But um, could they miss the top four if they lose both their last two and results go against them? Most definitely. Uh, But I I think that win the other night may see them just hold on to fourth spot. I don't know about you. What do you reckon?
3: I I can't see them missing the four.
1: Yeah. Zach Maitland leading into a very close final series where almost any team, the eight, could get the chocolates. I just want to talk about the footy. Sick of hearing about the coaches and the referees. Are you with me? We're, with you. We're with you. Uh, we did address a little bit of it earlier on, and like we said, we want to keep the bare minimum unless there's something solid that comes out or something you know justified for us to talk about. But uh, it's been a bit of a schmuzzle the last month or so. There's no doubt about that. Uh, Chazelle Shake says, looking at the match charge sheet, and there is a discount for seven years, no incidents, which is potentially 200 games, and there'd be barely anyone who would ever get to that. Thoughts on reducing that to two to three years? Well, I think that'd be more logical, wouldn't you? That if you had a clean record for maybe three seasons or something like that, that you get reductions or rewards on your charges. Also, don't like carryover points. I'm, I'm Maybe not at the end of the season if you're a repeat offender, but maybe if you've only got charged once in that season, if you've got any carryover points, they get white moving in the next year. Oh. If you're a hip grave or a Jack Hetherington right now, or Will Chambers who's copped, Three or four visits to the judiciary, and you're a repeat offender. Maybe you do keep. You it know, depends you carry
3: over whether points. it's the same uh, same foul for me. I still
1: think if sense? you're just a repeat offender, that you you should maybe get that punishment, like demerits that carry on with you. But if you're a clean skin and you have one moment of madness and you got carryover points, I don't think that should come back to haunt you.
4: Mm.
1: Um, you know, sometimes we've seen it have an effect later on this season. But yeah, that, that that's a pretty hefty gap to say seven years you'd be clean without you know. Maybe chinning somebody once or having a mistake in a tackle or making an error in a fatigue. Yeah. Max McAloran, please nothing about coaches. So there you go. Like we said before we had Buzz on. A couple of people uh not too happy about it. we got one more on Twitter here just saying the Braddo that finally the Buzzard has bowed to the fifth and last fan pressure. It has to be Buzz who comes onto the show. Well, you're right, after Brock put up that post that we have a special guest, it was Buzz, but obviously until you listen to this, you won't know, will you? You're not. But there you go. Fan questions, mate. I think that's it for another week. Have a quick look here and just refresh things. Oh, there you go. you got one more on here of all the people guessing after you put that post up. Duncan Bridgeford, I think he's hit it on the head. Hashtag, but can't he? That's the special right there. But you've nailed it. A couple of people said John Hopalato. Darth Rothfield, Mr. Gossip's back. Unfortunately, Mr. Gossip's not back, but we'll definitely be looking to get him on. Boxhead, they have to get him on before the end of the year. Daniel Friend, I'll lose my shit if it's Buzz. It was buzz. <laughs>
3: I'll lose my shit if it's buzz.
1: People, it may, may not be quite what you expect. It was more of a rugby league chat than so much of a bit of a, a, bit of a buzz off. It wasn't a buzz off, was it, Brock? It wasn't. No. Nah, Got to be respectful. Uh, I think
3: Lila's made a special appearance on the podcast. I was going to say,
1: at some point, if you've heard a baby crying, that's that's the newborn that we spoke about a couple of weeks ago. She, she's, she's been in on. a fair bit of pain, I think. She's I losing know. the plight in the no, backyard. I, I think she's hungry. Yeah, I'm always hungry too. I'd throw a tandy if you didn't feed me. But, uh, yeah, there you go. Moving on, Boxhead. Last bit to get through, Mr. Gossip's gossip. Our tips and any of the odds and bits and pieces brought to you by the Pro Sports Syndicate. Uh, I think they had a pretty steady weekend there again, and they're close to $2,000 profit on the season. As we've said before, keep your eyes open for those affiliate links and best bets from the weekend. There wasn't one for the one just score, and I think they're trying to tee up, uh, you know, a fresh affiliate link or something there for people that they can get onto. For this weekend, it's been a bit hard, hasn't it? And considering people are mostly signed up to a lot of accounts like we are, yeah. So we're working on something where we can get, hopefully, something with a bookie for those of you who have multiple accounts where you can get a deposit reward for an existing account. But yeah,
3: it's no, it's no good to those who, like most of us, have yeah already have got one. But we've told the boys that, and they're working um, to get that. Up and running
1: so. yep. And obviously that tips package Like I said It's at the back end of the year now well, their so.
3: lines, I think their lines Went three out of four On the weekend yep. uh, They had the Titans plus Which I took They had The Sharks minus Which was right um, And they had the Roosters minus Which was wrong That cost me a little bit of cash But Three from and four Good all, result
1: yeah, yeah. 75% strike rate Best bets have been exceptional Nine from 12 So if you're following those You're doing good Keep your eyes out For the affiliate links And the package Like I said There's not a lot of time left in this season, so if there's a time to try it, the time is now. $99, half price, no locking contracts, cancel any time, see if you like the product heading into next year. We're also working uh, with them on maybe like a reduced kind of setup or a bit of a package there for some punters out there like us who maybe don't bet that heavily uh, or up to the standard of $100. Yeah, we're just
3: trying to make it more accessible for people. Yeah. We understand. Like it's getting um, the engagement with it is very good. Yeah. A lot of people are interested in it. And know? you're all seeing the best right. bets and the other bits and pieces. You know, there's, but- there's an obvious barrier there that, People don't want to spend 100, 100 bucks, so we're just going to see what we can do with the boys.
1: Yep. And uh, big thanks to them, like I said, charity account. We had a big win last week. We didn't get a bet on this week, but we're $900, I think, now, after that Sharks upset of the storm last week, so yeah. good total. Um, but Mr. Gossett, he sent through some bits and pieces for us here before we do our tips. And the first one he's got is James Segarra is apparently done deal to the Bulldogs. They're just going over some minor details now to get him mm-hmm. over there, but... I must say, with the way he's been playing at the back end of this season, I think he's in some good form, and he he'll be good a good buy for them if they get him for the right price. And I'm assuming it is the right price because they don't have a salary cap, a lot of salary cap room to move at this point in time. So,
3: well, no, that yeah, exactly, yeah, smart.
1: Yeah, good purchase on that side of things. He is confirming, similar to what everyone already uh, has heard, he is guaranteeing that Trent Barrett will be gone. But he reckons end of this season, not next year, like people are saying he might. Well, why why would he deal. go
3: next year? And
1: Exactly. It's pointless. You'd, you'd get rid of him now. But he said the rumors for daily Cherry Evans that people are coming out with a go to Brisbane are completely false. And I thought about it today when I read it, that how could you walk away from a contract of that size? And would Brisbane be willing to pay that or give the term or the years he's got left in that? Like that deal, he got it manly. Is monstrous. It's close to one point two million dollars this year, and I'm pretty sure he's still got like another four or five seasons to run, or plus that. Like it's it's basically a lifetime contract. So yeah, it'd be pretty hard to ring Brisbane and say I want to come up, and they go, "We'll give you at 27, 28 years old, whatever he is now, we'll give you three seasons at eight hundred or nine hundred thousand to bit exactly off the right. cap." When you've got five or six guaranteed for a one point two and the cap's going up, he goes up with the cap. Mm-hmm. He'd be giving up probably a couple of million dollars. So uh, it'd have to be pretty bad circumstances for him to be moving on from them that's for sure yeah. third one he's got here and that's what we put the buzz earlier on according to Mr. Goss Valentine Holmes has rejected a five year extension from the Sharkies he is desperate to get back to North Queensland wow. with his partner family etc so watch your space but that would be huge I know that the Sharks are saying they don't want to let him go next year regardless I can kind of understand that but at the same time If there was room for me to make that move, get Ben Barber in and then potentially get other players in, I I might just rip the Band-Aid off now. Because otherwise, if you lose him, if you don't get Ben Barber and he ends up somewhere else, like I've looked at their junior side, I don't think there's a fullback right now that's coming through for them, and I don't know who's on the market for them to get next year, but do you really want to risk losing everything all at once and not having anyone at the end of the day? Yeah, like It's a hard situation to be in, and Ben Barber's obviously a risk, and he's a completely different player to Valentine Holmes, but... Yeah, they're going to have to weigh things up very carefully, I think. It's a, it's a critical time for them, but massive if he does want to leave because he's turned into an exceptional player at the back end of this season and especially showing his wares now at one. Newcastle, according to Mr. Gossip, they're still talking to George Williams from Wigan. They're very, very interested. Nathan Brown, a huge fan, obviously. Sorry much close and personal during his time in the Super League. Doesn't quite make sense to me now, though, now that we're talking about it, if they do make that move of Ponga being in the front line with Pierce and having Connor Watson, etc. Um, it's kind of something that's not really a necessity to me for Newcastle at this point in time. No, it's not. So, no, uh, unless Pong is, Yeah, unless Pong is definitely... six. Uh, the only way this works for me is if Pong has definitely stays at one and Connor Watson plays nine or comes off the bench as you tell you. But again, uh, watch this space, I guess. Mm. And the last one, he's got here: Sydney clubs as Buzz told us before. Very interested. North are interested in Cameron Munster, but in particular, the Sydney Roosters, that is who they want to bring in with Luke Keery once Cooper Cronk moves in. So, He becomes a free agent after November here. He's got one more year to run with Melbourne, but he'll be on the market. The Roosters dead set on trying to get him in.
3: There you go. That would be massive. Massive. It would be huge. That would be yeah. That's a massive, massive um, issue for Melbourne to sort ASAP. And, you know, Buzz said that as soon as they contacted him, he ran in and told Bellamy. So you'd think from that that he'd want to stay.
1: Let's hope so. I think that's he very important so for point Melbourne's point, future is, yeah. that uh, he does stay around. But there you go. But Jumping into the tips brought to you thanks to the Pro Sports Syndicate. Last week, Mr. Gossip. he got three. We both got two. It was an absolute Barry Crocker. Not many people had a good week, but it's gotten even tighter. Gossett's pegged back four or five points the last few weeks. He's now on 95, equal with yourself, and I'm on 97. So we're coming home with whips here. This is going to be a close finish. It's been it spaced out all year, but I've yeah. I've rocked a little bit. You've stayed steady and gained a few back. Mr. Gossip's got the whip out, and he's coming from the back of the pack. Yeah. So, tips looking good. But the first game here, Tigers-Manly. I'm looking at this side of things. West Tigers. Elijah Taylor's out. Eisenhoof moves into lock. Lawrence returns to the starting pack, and Twal and Josh Alloway have been added to the bench. For the Manly side of things, Jack Kozowski comes in for Frank Winterstein. But, yeah, Campbelltown Stadium. Tigers disappointing last week. Manly, I don't know what I'm going to get, so... Yeah. I'm going to stick with the Tigers, but... It... I'll
3: stick with the Tigers with zero confidence. Yeah,
1: I, this wouldn't surprise me either way, especially now that the Tigers are basically done for the season. They could turn up... They and...
3: have to win this game, but like if this this game ends up with a Manly upset, that's definitely it for the eight.
1: Yeah, devastating. And it'd just be a poor way to end the year, considering what they've done. But mis- Mr. Yep. Gossip, he's on the Tigers also. They're a $1.57 favourite with the Pro Sports Indicate. 2 dollars two forty for Manly. Minus four and a half is the line... On that if game.
3: he gave me $3 about Manly, I'd have a crack.
1: Yeah. They maybe. may get
3: out to that. You never know.
1: Warriors, Panthers, uh, critical, like we said, that kick out. He has been named, but they're trying to sort out that visa issue to be able to get him over there. The problem is he's applied for Australian residency, apparently, and uh, if they take him over there, considering he's only got a Fiji passport at the moment, he could get so stuck. So
3: saying that like even in 20s, he didn't play in New Zealand?
1: I don't know. I couldn't tell you. I don't understand so do how have, visas work.
3: How long, how, why is it taking this long? I think it's. Distorted?
1: I think prior to that though, he would have just had a working visa, whereas now he's actually applied for Australian okay, residency. Got you. There's some got kind you. of layer to it that, that I can't okay, understand. That no, no, makes sense. But I think that's the difference. And they're saying that if they okay. take him over there, he could be stuck for six months back in Fiji because he'd have to go back to Fiji to put another application in to even be able to get there. But yeah. apparently, Panthers and Gus and that said last night they were trying to resolve it by making some phone calls and pushing things through. So. Uh, whether they can get in there or not is a different story. But for the Warriors, Mason Leno has replaced Blake Green. So that's a massive loss for Blake Green to be out for them. Tohu Harris is back to make his return in the place of Lever Pulu, who goes back to the bench for, for the Panthers. There's been some changes here. Tyron Peachy, the fullback experiment is over. He's been moved to 5'8 to part Nathan Cleary. Tyron May has been dropped to the bench. Sione uh, Katoa has also been relegated to the reserves with Wade Egan starting this one. So that's a bit of a risk defensively, I think, to put Egan in the middle of the field. And Dallin Zalesniak, he goes back to fullback now. Christian Kytan's recalled on the wing. James Fisher harris returns at lock. And Corey harrow Ira moves back to the bench with Kay Ellis out. Well, I don't think I agree with the Egan move. I know Ketel has got some discipline issues at times, but defensive in the middle, uh, considering he's only played a little bit of cup, a little bit of 20s. I don't know how that one works out. Tyron May obviously is going to come on and maybe share time with him, but I think that's a risk to start with Wade Egan. Mm. Um, Warriors. Down back to fullback, I don't have a problem with, but <sighs> this is, this is again, like, this this could go either way.
3: Yeah, I don't know. I'm backing right. the Warriors in New Zealand. No Blake they've, Green. They've gone okay with Lino.
1: No Blake so Green hurts, happy but with that. I'll back the Warriors Penrith, just because it's there, and Bill out Disgusting.
3: Yeah, and Kik- out
1: was... may not be there. We don't know that. We're I just want on.
3: to see Penrith click back into gear and then I'll trust them again.
1: Well, I'll own last week that I said that I said they needed to make a statement and they'd towel them up at home. Old boys' day, last home game of the season. And mm-hmm. I was well off. Um, but they they need to do well, something. Well, I did
3: say there were two games that I thought were upset potential and that was one and the other one was the Raiders. I wish I would have just tipped the Raiders now.
1: Yeah, oh, I wish I would have bet on the Raiders now. I was looking at Rapana and a try win at $6. And when he scored that trial. I'm like, if they win this game, I'm going to be Deva. And I was. But Mr. Gossip, he yeah, agrees. Well done, He's also on the Warriors, and they are a $1.70 favorite with the Pro Sports Syndicate. Penrith, $2.15. The line there is minus 2.5. Spoon Bowl, the final home game for Jonathan Thurston up there at North Queensland, up against the Parramatta Eels. Matt Scott returns. Jason Tamola returns as well. Bolton back to the bench. Asiata back to the bench. And Ethan Lowe, Corey Jensen pushed back to the reserves. For the Eels, Nathan Brown is out. with a seizing-ending knee injury. Terrapo is starting. Kane Evans returns at prop. Tim Manor and Cameron King return on the bench. And Tepai Morale goes back to the second row. Uh, a couple of changes there. And the two debutants from last week, they drop out of the side. Matt, last time game up there, surely the Cowboys get this one done for J2. Oh,
3: man. Yeah, I guess so.
1: Well, Tamalolo back in, Scott back in, North Queensland. Last game ever for Jonathan Thurston North Queensland. If this is not a win, I'm not here. They have to win this game, surely. After everything this year and everything they've dished out, this is the one game you've got to win against Parramatta yeah surely that convinces you something No. Nah, you're not giving me much to you. they
3: don't they don't convince me at all Parramatta have been playing pretty
1: good well, we'll tip Parramatta no then. I'm not going to tip him I'll tip give Cowboys. me a the tip there you go Cowboy, I just said you're that. on the Cowboys you look, you're worrying me for a minute there if they don't win for Jonathan Thurston his last home game oh that's, that's big what? effort that Mr. Gossip agrees. Clean sweep again with the Pro Sports Syndicate. A $1.50 favorite are the Cowboys. Two sixty for the Eels, if you like that value, and minus six the line in that one. Raiders South. So I think this is a danger game again for South, depending on the lineup, as we have a look here. On the Raiders side of things, Michael Oldfield. He's back in the centers. It allows Elliot Whitehead to go back to the back row now. Pine is out for the season with a broken thumb. Aidan Caesars, also named in the reserve, so a possible return there for him. The Rabbitohs, they get Alex Johnston back at fullback. Campbell Graham is back on the wing and Greg Inglis in the centre, so that goes back to what I said before: you get your set start here, better edge defence, better finishes, and you get your main man, your link man, your support guy to the middle. there Alex Johnson, so that's huge for South to get those guys back. It is down in Canberra
3: though,
1: South, so tough. Um, but you have to think South after a disappointing last few games, and Mister Gossip agrees with both of us there. And with the Pro Sports Syndicate, they are a dollar sixty favourite, two thirty-five for the Raiders minus four is the line in that game. Titans-Storm, uh, another one that's interesting depending on lineups as we take a look here. It's up there on the Gold Coast. The Titans, Will Matthews replaces Bryce Cartwright on the bench in the only change, but for the Storm, Justin Olam comes in the centres to replace Will Chambers. Chase Blair's onto the wing for Vunavalu. Tui, Kamika, Mika, and Riley Jacks replace Solomona and Brandon Smith on the bench. Tim Glasby and Welch start between swap uh, starting role and the bench, and Cameron Smith has been named despite... Uh, his injury, but it's a bit of a patch up there in the back line. Olam and Blair playing together there. Croft keeps his seven jersey. Jerome Hughes is still injured. And a bit of a different looking bench there. Felice Cafusi, Joe Stimson, back row. What do you reckon? You like your mob at home, or do you think Melbourne with those couple no, of changes?
3: I think my mob suck, and the Storm will win.
1: There you go. Getting on the Storm. I'm going to stick with the Storm, uh, but I, honestly, your mob, you're a roller coaster. you so? kidding yourself. It wouldn't surprise me. Yeah, I was borderline. I thought about the reverse jinx, to be honest. It
3: wouldn't surprise me if we got beat by 60 either.
1: But I think this, this would be a critical showing, I think, here from Melbourne. And I'm also kind of looking at it. I think, given the circumstances of who we're missing, if we had Brandon Smith available or Billy Walters available to play nine or Harry Grant, I think they would have rested Kevin Smith this week. And I would have been happy to rest Kevin Smith heading in the last round against the Panthers. But yeah. that's not to be the case. Uh, is it a risk? We'll wait and see if he ends up playing. But we're all on the storm. The Pro Sports Syndicate, the Storm, are $1.43, dollars two eighty-eight for the Titans, minus six and a half is the line there. I think that'll be closer than most people think. Probably the game of the round. Roosters, Broncos, cracker game here. Luke Keary is back at 5'8". Ryan Madison drops to the bench. and O'Sullivan is out. And Jarry hardgraves is named in Jersey 18 for a possible return yeah, here. Man. So that could be full strength for the Broncos. Katoni Staggs replaces Pat Maga on the bench, and Matt Lodge is going to start for, uh, off of Gowie. Again, I think disappointing loss last week for the Roosters. They'd be looking to put a stamp on that minor premiership and seal up a top-two spot. I think they'll want revenge also for the game earlier in the year against the Broncos. So uh, I'm on the Roosters. Roosters. Yep, misty gossip. He agrees with us there. They're a $1.50 favorite, the Roosters, two sixty for the Broncos through the Pro Sports Syndicate, and minus six is the line. Sharks, Newcastle. I know they were great last week, but Ramian he's out. Duga moves into... The centres, Edric Lee's back on the wing. Jaden Bradley returns at hooker, so Seguiaro back to his bench impact role. Wade Graham's been named to return in the second row, pushing Sorensen back to the bench. And for Newcastle, Heimans replaces Yates on the bench. Connor Watson is on the reserves and may return from injury. It's at the prison. They've got a pretty good record against Newcastle. And again, top four are still open for the Sharks, so I'm going to stick with them. Sharks. Mr. Gossip. Clean sweep again. And with the Pro Sports Syndicate, dollar thirty six are the Sharks, three fifteen Newcastle, and minus eight and a half is the line. Again, I don't mind the start on that one for Newcastle, but we'll have yeah, to wait well, They played well last week. Uh, the last game we've got here for this round is the St George Illawarra Dragons up against the Bulldogs, and again, no Gareth Widdop, Don't know when he's going to be back. Paul Vaughan still not back in the side after that Cinder's Moses. Uh, looking at things there, he's named in the reserves, but not too sure what's going to happen on that side of things to them. Jason Nightingale is back on the wing. Jordan Pereira to the bench. That, that's disappointing for me. I know Jason Nightingale is probably retiring at year's end, but I think Pereira has been playing better. Um, so Yeah, it's fair. It's a hard one I there, and one. I'm, I'm worried about winning finals games. I, I know not everyone gets a fairy tale send-off, and he's been a great servant for the club, but yeah, I, I think that's, that's a big call. A forward reshuffle means that Armow starts. Luciano Leo is Leo is back to the bench and Tyson Frizzel is from prop back to the back row. The dogs, they're unchanged. I think this has got upset potential and they I'm pretty sure they've got a good record. They ended the Dragons season last year. Uh that last game. They almost beat a million in the year during the origin period.
3: I reckon they got the groove back last week, the Dragons, I'll take them.
1: You got the Dragons. Well,
3: you know, oh. you're taking your sweet ass time, sir. So. I'm
1: having a look here at their lineup. Where's this one at? Okie Jubilee, Sunday afternoon football. I'm going to stick with the Dragons, but I tell you what, this if there's an upset in this round, I think this may be one of them. I think the Bulldogs definitely have the potential. Oh, we'll tip them job. then, mate. Well, Mr. Gossip's tipped them. got on the upset trying to gain some ground Good here. Aim. With the Pro Sports Syndicate, the Dragons, one57 dollar fifty-seven two forty for the Dogs, minus four and a half the line on that game. So having a look through, we've clean swept on every single game but that last one. So we're either going to get one more clear from Gossip, Or next week, we're going to be sitting here only separated by one point. There you go. So, the tipping comp. It's been pretty flat for most of the year, but on the back end, the whips have come out. Interesting times, Foxhead. Yeah, interesting times. Interesting times. But a massive thank you again to the Pro Sports Syndicate. Keep your eye out for the affiliate and charity. Oh, sorry, not the charity, but the affiliate link this week and any promos. We're trying to tease something up there to help guys with uh, existing accounts with certain bookies. The best bets, 9 from 12, they've got an exceptional strike rate there, 75%. $2,000 $2,000 profit on the season. Three from four last week on their line bets. That package, half price. Last chance to try at the back end of the season here. $99. No locking contracts. Cancel anytime you want. May as well give it a crack if you've been thinking about it and we're working towards something for next year. But most importantly, uh, Bears of Hope, our charity for this year. Massive thank you to the Pro Sports Syndicate coming on board and supporting us in our charity account. You raised $1,200 the other week, Boxhead. Almost uh, thirteen dollars We're close to $900 now here. And also... I sent you that link earlier. I almost forgot to mention it. Alistair Locke, one of our listeners out there, good shout-out to you. Uh, him and his local rugby club have been doing Beards of Hope, Four Bears of Hope for the same cause, Yeah. They've grown beards. They've got donations for their rugby club. $4,800 so far they've raised for the same cause as you. So shout-out to Alistair out there. I didn't forget about you, mate. I saw the inbox again today. Should have mentioned it probably earlier in the show because I don't know if everyone's on at the back end of things, but exceptional work by you, and I'll, I'll make sure I plug that link because they're – Aiming for $5,000, they're only 150 off, I think. Good. So I'll put that up on the fifth and last page, and hopefully our listeners can reach in and uh, you know maybe push you over the line there like they did for Boxhead the other week for such a great cause. But we're done, mate.
4: Done.
1: Thank you to Penrith Solar Centre. If you're going to get onto those boys there, summer's right around the corner. It's already warming up here in the Rift, that's for sure. Uh, help your back pocket. Talk to Jake and the boys there, www.penrithsolar.com.au. dot you. Nepean Boltmaster Bolt.com.au. If you're a tradesman like myself Get on there Get your tools Sort all your gear out You can get all Everything you need From Woz and the boys there And the pro sports And Buzzbrock. We finally got him on Got him on It was good I enjoyed that Hopefully no one's disappointed You would have accepted, expected Some laughs And some impersonations And bits and pieces But uh, good to have a chat he's a, he's a good egg Bit of a laugh And uh, maybe Who knows We might get him on again For another quick chat During the finals Hopefully we're going to have Kenny on for our grand final uh, episode, as we always do. But can't you? And I'm pretty sure you'd agree with me. I'm going to hit up the big boy, Vaughnny to give us a bit of an insight heading into the finals of yeah, just good. some of his thoughts. You know, he's obviously played against all these teams and, um, you know, thoughts on the Dragons and who they've played and who he thinks the real deal is as we head into the finals. So a bit more content coming up in the next few weeks, hopefully, Boxhead. Absolutely, man. But there you go. Done and dusted for another week. Power ranking set of six. Buzz. Buzz on the show, having a chat to the fifth and last boys. Great from him. Much appreciated coming on. Uh, Reviews, Mr. Gossip. He'll be back in the next couple of weeks. We'll get him on for an appearance there. Got all his gossip there. And uh, big thanks to all the sponsors. But there you go. Another week in the can. Enjoy your week and enjoy your rugby league, everybody. And actually, before I think about it, game companion. We thinking about Saturday night?
3: Yeah, Saturday night.
1: Saturday night, uh, if everything goes well, we will do a game companion for the Roosters Broncos. It's on Clash. Channel 9, so don't panic, people. So there you go. Keep your eyes out for that one. Potential game companion this weekend. We'll post up later in the week to confirm that, but that will be the Saturday game. It's on Channel 9. So for now, everybody, enjoy your week and enjoy your rugby league. Bring
2: it on. Give us more. Give us more. Where are you going? Where are you... What's going on here? Is that it? Is that it?